And welcome into Hoopsville, everybody. I am your host, Dave McHugh, broadcasting from the Hoopsville Studios, the WBCA NABC Hoopsville Studios, presented by D3Hoops.com. Welcome in. We got closing days of basketball aplenty, and we hope you are enjoying it here. If you've got questions for us, join us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. Join us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Um, we're on Instagram though today. We fell short of that. We apologize. Um, but join us nonetheless on Instagram at D3 Hoopsville. A ton to talk about today, a ton to look at today. Uh, we are getting you ready for the NCAA tournament. Uh, at least that is our hopes. We hope you, uh, if you've got questions, let us know. We can talk about the new top 25 on the men's side. Tighten up just a wee bit. A couple b- bids thanks to Augustana's. Uh, near miss against, uh, or I guess it wasn't a miss, but made it against Wheaton. Wheaton's another near miss for Wheaton. Lost a couple first place votes that went to Benedictine, closed the gap to within points. Interestingly enough, it basically means those who are voting for Benedictine number one do not have Augustana number two. It shows you the gap there. It's very interesting. Um, on the women's side, it's the status quo. Uh, it hasn't changed, and why would it at this point in time? But certainly plenty to talk about, and we hope you're enjoying it nonetheless. If you got questions, again, tweet us at D3Hoopsville, hashtag Hoopsville, email us Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. Join us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville, etc. We will try and answer your questions. We are going to get a ton into today's show and not add too much extra time. We will certainly go into overtime, go about two and a half hours with this one. But we have a total of seven guests lined up for this one. We will talk to Ohio Northern women's basketball, DeSales women's basketball, Husson, Lancaster Bible, North Central men's basketball, along with the winner of the CAC game between Salisbury and Mary Washington. Try something new tonight, a live interview post-game with the winning coach. The winner goes on to the championship in the CAC and will take on Either probably Christopher Newport or whoever, if Christopher Newport were to stumble, obviously that would change. And then we're going to get a breakdown of the SOS. Listen, the strength of schedule in the NCAA is a very difficult piece of of thing to understand. We're not going to go inside baseball, inside politics on you, but we're going to let you understand the significance, maybe why the SOS is also overplayed, um, et cetera, and how it really kind of becomes what it is. Out there for you. Matt Snyder, our numbers guru, will join us regarding that. That's all ahead here on the show, plus your questions. We know there there are plenty. My phone has been ringing off a hook, even my email, ringing off the hook today regarding what's going on. In you know, am, Are we safe? Are we not safe? Should be regionally ranked? Of course, the third regional rankings came out this week. I don't think there were a ton of surprises. I want to remind every you, all of you that the Wednesday regional rankings were through Sunday's games, so tournament results were not a part of that. But there's certainly some things that are now developing and plot stories and stuff like that that we'll be talking about Sunday that have already developed. For example, in the Atlantic region on the men's side, pretty much everybody lost. <laughs> uh, New Jersey City, number one in the regional rankings. Lost. Stockton, number two, one. DeSales, number three, lost. Brooklyn, number four, one. Lehman, number five, lost. Stockton, number six. I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Staten Island, number six, lost, I think. You know, I got to get back to that Staten Island one. It's 
they've put themselves in a boat here that the Atlantic may not get any bids despite what has been some pretty good basketball, despite what we've talked about all season of the CUNYAC being a pretty darn good conference this season. The top of the end, Jack, has been exciting. They may not get extra bids outside of the AQ this year. It's just mind-blowing when it comes to that. Um, Central region, no real surprises here, except I think North Central has locked themselves into the tournament. We will talk to North Central's Todd Raritan coming up, though I think Elmhurst has now put themselves in some trouble. They are five, I think arguably battling with Chicago now for 5-6 with Aurora and Carroll behind them. Elmer's loses, especially maybe tomorrow to North Central. They may have played themselves out of the NCAA tournament, and this was a team with high expectations. And we've been talking about Chicago for the last few weeks, probably played themselves out of the tournament. Their numbers aren't that bad. They still may get to the table. If they get ahead of Elmer's, they've got a good chance. Need to beat Wash U this weekend to pull that off. On the East, Plattsburgh's number one, Rochester's two. NYU was moved into third, surprisingly there. From what I was told, the National Committee made that move ahead of St. John Fisher. Their SOS is now above 500 at a 514, thanks to picking up timely wins. Their losses aren't helping them, but their wins certainly are. We'll take a look at some of that. Uh, Great Lakes, no big surprise. I know there's condemnation in the MIA that Hope isn't ahead of John Carroll or, or Ohio Wesleyan. You both have three losses to Hope's one. The problem is Hope's SOS is doing nothing to help them. Same on the women's side. Not helping them. We go through this conversation almost every year with a team out of the MIAA. I understand why Hope and Calvin play the cornerstones in the Aquinas of the world. But when you do that... When you sacrifice games to your SOS and sacrifice games to your overall resume, in other words, they don't really count. You put yourself in a situation that you're going to hurt yourself regionally ranked wise. Hope is 21 and two, uh, 21 and one, in the eyes of the NCAA, versus 23 and two overall. That is three games off their resume. That is three games not in the SOS. That is three games not chance of regionally ranked opponents. That's three games that cannot be looked at unless we go so far into the details of secondary criteria that the committee needs to. And then only is that going to really matter is if who they're playing or who they're up against at the table also happen to play Cornerstone, Aquinas, and others. And we know that's not going to be the case. So I hate to say it, but Hope's got to do a little bit more in the out-of-region. Out of and don't get me wrong, they also got hurt a little bit. Stevens Point isn't the same team they expected. Eau Claire certainly ended up being a pretty good squad, but not nearly to the level of Stevens Point and Whitewater in the past. Hope certainly tried. I'm not trying to knock them here, but this is that situation where three games getting taken off your resume. It's just, it's just the cards that are being laid out there. Mid-Atlantic, Christopher Newport, Susquehanna, Salisbury, Catholic, Scranton, Franklin, Marshall. No surprise there. Of course, those on the landmark board think I hate Scranton. And so when I said they're sitting fifth, lost in the semifinals of the landmark conference, that they're in trouble, I hate Scranton. No, they're in trouble. I went. I mean, I went through their resume more. I go through Scranton's resume more every year because I get called out for hating them than I can ever imagine. It's just like when I don't like Catholic one year, I end up knowing Catholic schedule way too well. I know the Mid-Atlantic way too well. It's a problem. 
Scranton's in trouble. They are 18 and 7 in the eyes of the NCAA. Ooh, not good. Northeast, no surprise here except Johnson Wales up to six. That's a good sign for them. May allow them to get in that large bid should they take an upset in the AMCC. It would be their third loss. The question is, Eastern Connecticut also in a danger area of whether they get in that large bid. I can't imagine MIT would. I can't imagine Middlebury. Those are all teams behind Johnson and Wales. Even WPI's in trouble of whether they get in that large bid. So Johnson Wales, nice to see them move up. They're right on the dividing line. They're right on the dividing line. South region, Texas, Lutheran, Lynchburg, Emory, Virginia, Wesleyan. I don't think anybody's safe. Um, I think Lynchburg, Virginia, I think they're all on the bubble. And there's an outside chance that TLU isn't going to host at home. It doesn't matter if they get in or not, because it may all come down to geographics. And on the West, St. Thomas, Whitworth, Whitman, St. John's, I was saying to Pat Coleman the other day, I think Whitman ends up playing blocker here, not in a bad way. It's not like St. John's and everybody behind Whitman have a better resume per se, but Whitman's SOS getting to the table may hold them at the table a little longer than many would anticipate, which would block others in the West from getting to the table. On the women's side, I'm going to quickly mention the one that jumps out to me. That will be NYU in the East. They are 17-7. and seven. They are second. They have lost six straight. It seems a little strange. I know I got a phone call and an email about this recently. It seems strange. But I think what they did, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use a term I think right now that is going to sound strange, but I think they, and another team like this would be on the men's side, would be John Carroll, built themselves a buffer. So NYU enters the last six games with one loss. They've got a win over WashU. They've got a win over... Um, uh, Emory, they've got a win over uh, Chicago. They've got wins over Carnegie Mellon and Case. They built themselves a buffer, and then they go into the last six games and lose them. But the only one they lost to twice, who's regionally ranked, is Rochester. Everybody else they split. They literally built themselves a one-win buffer to allow that little accordion of a loss to still look good. Hey, one and one and zero looks good, right? 2-0 looks awesome if you're talking about results versus regionally ranked opponents against a specific opponent. 1-1 one one doesn't look bad. So they started at 1-0. There was no pressure on them to have to win one except for Rochester, and they lost it. That's the only knock. The problem is they've still lost seven games. They're still 17-7. and seven. Their SOS is a 6-15. It's insane. You compare them to Geneseo. Geneseo's SOS is a 528. There is a difference of 0.09. That's huge. Now, maybe there should be a bell curve expectationally here. The further you get away, at some point, that shouldn't mean as much as half of that distance. Does that make sense? So if that dif differential was 0.05, it's about the same as 0.1 because at some point, it's just it's not measurable anymore. And I think that's where we're getting to here. But that's why NYU's second. I do think they lose against Brandeis. This one's over. And I think NYU's in trouble. They got to win this weekend. They got to stop that losing streak. We'll talk more about the men and women coming up in regional rankings. I'm sure you may have questions. I'm happy to answer those questions. Again, on Twitter at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. Join us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. We'll also continue to monitor the scores from around the country, see what's going on. We'll update you when we can. However, we got a ton to get in, and so we have got to get to it. And we will get things going by talking women's basketball with a team who's about to take the floor. Ohio Northern women's basketball will take on Baldwin Wallace at 730, but not before we talk to their head coach, Michelle Durand. 
No, she's not coming off the floor to talk to us live. We pre-taped with her, but we'll talk to her coming up. By the way, you see this bag back here? This is a special treat for the Hoopsville fundraiser. We'll talk more about this bag as well. You'll listen to Hoopsville presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC studios. We'll be back with more Hoopsville, starting with Michelle Durant from Ohio Northern, right, right after this here on Hoopsville. I used to never really talk, ever. I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. It helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. With every basket and every stop, the skill of elite student athletes will be on display. The sights, the sounds, the intensity of an NCAA championship. It all comes down to this moment, and the winner takes it all. Be there to share the experience with your family and friends. The 2016 NCAA Division III Men's Basketball Championship, March 18th and 19th at Salem Civic Center in Salem, Virginia. Visit NCAA.com tickets to score your championship seats today. College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum, it's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor's Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE-logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that college basketball built. Every basket and every stop, the skill of elite student athletes will be on display. The sights, the sounds, the intensity of an NCAA championship. It all comes down to this moment, and the winner takes it all. Be there to share the experience with your family and friends. The 2016 NCAA Division III Men's Basketball Championship, March 18th and 19th at Salem Civic Center in Salem, Virginia. Visit NCAA.com tickets to score your championship seats today. Welcome back to Hoops. Hope presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA NABC Studios. Of course, you can interact with us on Hoopsville at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. Join us on Facebook at Facebook.com. There is a chat room alongside our YouTube window if you happen to be on directly on the YouTube page. Though we'll admit we don't check that as often, so please use it, the other options to interact with us if you can. Of course, we're also on Instagram at D3Hoopsville as well. We know you have a lot of questions. We will try and answer them, whether they're for our guests off air, uh, on the show, whatever. Be patient with us. We can't necessarily answer a question the moment you send it in. We'll, we'll do our best. Uh, Jam-packed show. We're trying to fit a lot in. I uh, want to also point out we'll be talking quite a bit about the fundraiser. We only have three nights left of that, and we certainly want to hit our goal. It's been a good day, but it could be better, as they say. We want to smash through our goal. We talked about that already, and we'll continue to bring that up as well. Uh, so full day talking to some coaches who uh, are in the conference tournaments and even playing tonight. And that's the case for our first guest of the night coming out of the Great Lakes region, Ohio Northern. Michelle Duran's program, 22-3 and overall, 17-1 in the conference, in control of the OAC. They are actually playing tonight. No, we're not talking to Coach directly before she takes the floor, but we did want to get this interview before they start their game at 7 o'clock, 7.30 Eastern time against Baldwin Wallace. So we go to the uh, City of Salem Skype hotline, and joining us there is Michelle Durand of the number 10 uh, Polar Bears. Coach, welcome to Hoopsville. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate you taking the time, especially on a game day, uh, to join me here. Uh, listen, first and foremost, 21-3 and three on the season. 
uh, 17 and one in conference. Tremendous year. Yeah, we're really proud of what we've accomplished so far, but uh, the year's not over yet. Hopefully <laughs> this is true. Uh, of course, uh, 21 seasons in the last uh, five years, uh, nothing uh, uncommon. Uh, 20 and six last year, 23 and six the year before that, 27 and two, 21 and six back in 2012. You guys are certainly familiar now with this 20 win plateau. The program's come a long ways uh, since the late 80s when when it kind of disappeared from the national landscape. You've got to be thrilled with the consistency you've developed in the last five seasons. Yeah, I'm, I'm really happy with uh, with our progress and. You know, we've had some some outstanding student athletes come to Ohio Northern that that's helped us turn things around. Um, top of the conference, as we mentioned, uh, you beat out Capital by five games. This wasn't even a contest <laughs> by the end. Did you expect to have such a such a great year and dominate the OAC like you did? Um, you know, I was hoping we would have a great year. I never expected we would dominate the OAC. Um, even though we we won by five games, it, it really is a, a super competitive conference. I think one of the best in the country and. Um, we just happened to, I guess, play a little bit better uh, during those games this year, but but never would have expected that, no. We should point out Capital actually was tied with Mount Union. Uh, they're the other ones playing in the semifinal. Of course, last year you guys won the conference, but John Carroll was nipping at your heels. Baldwin Wallace was a little bit closer as well. Uh, the year before that, John Carroll had won the conference. You guys had finished uh, at tied for se- or tied for third, really, uh, uh, behind them. I should say Baldwin Wallace was also on top of that conference. Um, so you control everything here. Now, obviously, the semifinals and should you win championship have to come through your gym. That's certainly a nice advantage this time of year to not have to travel, to not leave Ada, uh, to have to come through the sports center. Um, but how much is it also one of those where you, you lose focus maybe because you don't have that time on the bus to kind of get ready for a game? Um, I don't know. We really like to play home in Ada. It's 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 good for us. So I, I think it's been a, a real positive actually not to have to get on the bus, especially today. It's snowing a lot here, and so uh, we're better <laughs> off being at home. Uh, so I don't I don't think it's been a distraction at all for us to play at home. I think it's a definite advantage for us. Certainly, and that's why home court advantage is always a good thing. Uh, this season, you've lost one in conference. It was to Capital, who's a darn good team, fifty eight forty five. That was back. Late January, you've been on a tear since then, and you were on a tear before that. The previous loss was to Thomas Moore in a by respectable, considering them, 14 points. What has been the key the last two-thirds of this season that has allowed you guys to kind of, as again, walk away from the conference and, and really have such a great season? I think it's been our defense. Um, I, I think, you know, we, we try to come every night to play defense. We think that wins games and, and then our rebounding. I think both those things travel well. Um, and I think if you play defense night in and night out and you rebound the ball, you have a great chance in every game to play. Of course, beginning of the season, again, started 2-2. Two and two. You lost to Rochester, which looks awesome, too, because they're number one in their region. Uh, Thomas Moore looks, you know, again, respectable loss there. But what did you guys learn from those games? You had a, a pretty challenging out-of-conference. What did you guys learn from those two games in particular that you may still be using to, to this day? Well, I think, number one, it helped prepare us for a, a really tough OAC, for sure. Um, the Rochester game was a really nip-and-tuck game. I think it ended up being 12, but it was a nip-and-tuck game the whole way, and and uh, actually, the Thomas Moore game, we uh, we uh, led that game at halftime, and, and we're real close into the third quarter. Now they didn't have Sydney Moss, so that was a big difference, mm-hmm. I think, for them. But uh, both those games, I think, gave us a little confidence in that we could perform on on a big stage. 
uh, out of their out-of-conference game, certainly around that point. You beat a good center squad uh, that was at Thomas More as well. You beat uh, Defiance earlier this season, beat St. Vincent. Uh, you got a win over Ohio Wesley. And Case Western Reserve, who's regionally ranked as well. You're sitting third in the regional rankings with a very nice SOS number and obviously a very good in-region record. Um, do you feel comfortable? And I know I hate asking this of coaches because I don't know what what they really want to say, but do you feel comfortable that no matter what happens this weekend, you guys are are probably going to march on to the NCAA tournament anyway? I, I got to be honest, Dave. I don't feel comfortable at all. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I think we have to win at least for sure tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know about about Saturday, but I think I think we have to win tonight. I, I think our region is extremely strong and. Um, you know, I've been left out before we yeah. have been, I should say. And, uh, yeah. so we're not taking anything for granted. I, I, I think we have to win tonight. Another factor too, is you've kind of closed the gap with hope just a little bit, thanks to their loss against Calvin, yeah. uh, this past weekend. Furthermore, should they lose and you continue winning, you know, there's an argument that the, that the resumes start to even off a little bit. And there's a chance that you might slot into the second spot, which would mean hosting the opening weekend, potentially, obviously this is, you know, more conjecture than anything, but how important would it be to make sure you get a couple wins to just position yourself accordingly? Well, super important. Like I said, I think we need to win just to get in. Um, hosting would be a, an added benefit for yeah. sure. Um, I, you know, we, we go out every, every night and we want to win games. So tonight will be no different in, uh, we we think we need to win to get in, so that's the most important thing. I well, guess. Certainly, that's that's not a bad mentality to have, no matter what situation you're in. You know, we'll be talking to Lancaster Bible later in the show, who's undefeated and need to win to get wow. in on the men's side. Baldwin Wallace, your opponent tonight. Uh, obviously, uh, you took care of business with them earlier this season. You beat them in mid-January by four at their place, then beat them uh, resoundingly by 19 just two games ago. Uh, obviously seeing them immediately after a drubbing can be uh, a mixed bag. How are you guys preparing for this one? Uh, well, we're doing a lot of the same things. I mean, we were successful, you know, this last time out. But Baldwin Wallace is outstanding defensively, and uh, we've got a lot of really good athletes on their team. You know, the games, both those games, uh, the one in, at, uh, in Berea was actually really tough. We, we didn't lead that game till the end, end of it. And then uh, the other night, even though it was a 19-point game, um, it was pretty close most of the way, and um, so we're certainly not taking them for granted. We, we've got to come out and play our best basketball tonight to be able to win. Beating a team three times is really, really difficult, as you probably know. Yeah, especially sure. the team that's at the top of the conference, sure. um, like Baldwin-Wallace has been the last few years. Defense has obviously been the key for for your team. Uh, you're only averaging 53.7 points a game allowed while scoring 70 and a half you're uh, along your side. Not that defense isn't something we've got grown accustomed to necessarily, but what's been the secret uh, in the sauce, as it were, this season? Uh, from a defensive standpoint yeah. or just in general? I, you know, I think we work really, really hard. Uh, every, I mean, it's something I stress over half our practice every day has been uh, defense, and the kids have bought in. I think that's the real secret is you get them to buy into defense, and they really take pride in it, and uh, they, they just work really hard at it. So I, I think that's been the secret in the sauce, I guess. Of course, they say uh, defense wins championships, so obviously that that'll be what you're trying to do. How hard is you got this Baldwin Wallace game? How and you say you you're you're leaning on what worked uh, back on the 17th, but how hard is it at the same time to not rely on just that game and understand that they're going to bring in some new quirks that they're going to try differently? It, it's really hard. I, I, the one thing I will say is our kids know Baldwin Wallace is an outstanding program, so they won't take them for granted. I know sure. that. But it's really hard, especially to play a team, a good team, three times. 
Um, and we know, we, we talked about it yesterday, we were expecting everything. They're going to throw everything at us. They, they have to, to, to try to beat us. And um, so hopefully we'll be ready for everything. Of course, last year, unfortunately, it was the OAC tournament semifinals where you guys uh, had your season come to an end. Capital Beach, you didn't get that at-large bid after back-to-backs in 13 and 14. Does that drive this team in any way? I know it probably drives you and the coaching staff, but how much does the team still kind of have a little bit of an edge for that result last year? They definitely do. They, they definitely have an edge. Uh, they they won a conference tournament championship. It's, we've won an this senior class has won three regular season championships and just one conference tournament championship. So they really want to get that that tournament championship. Yeah, certainly the back-to-back NCAA tournaments uh, the previous time and then this uh, driving force. Tell me about this senior class, though. As you pointed out, uh, you know, you guys hadn't been to the NCAA tournament since 89. They come in their freshman year, you're in, they're in the tournament, sophomore year in the tournament, just missed out last year, certainly marching their way towards it this year. This has been a culture, not a culture changing, I don't want to say it that way, because certainly the culture for a long time at Ohio Northern has been good, but it has been a progressive movement forward for this program, for this class. Absolutely. I think uh, we had an outstanding senior class the year they came in. We were uh, 27 and 2. And so they learned a lot from that group and I think really followed through with it each year and enjoyed the success and, and didn't want to, you know, not have success. You know, last year was very disappointing for them. Even though we won an, uh, an OAC regular season championship, they were really disappointed that we weren't able to go on. So they've been a great group on and off the court. I'm really proud of them and, uh, you know, I can't say enough about them. Well, certainly impressive season. Like I said, twenty-two and three overall, seventeen and one in conference. Uh, obviously, taking on Baldwin Wallace in a few minutes in real time here on the show, and you and I pre-taping this earlier. I do appreciate you taking the time to join us. As always, I give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning in? Well, I really appreciate. First of all, you having us on, Dave, and you know, again, I'm just really, really proud of my team, and I'm I'm hoping that we can uh, continue this on, and then hopefully see how far we can go with this this year. But thank mm-hmm. you. Very good. Well, good luck tonight against Baldwin Wallace. Should you win? Uh, good luck. Well, and you know, good luck. Period. The rest of the way. Hopefully, we're talking about the polar bears come Monday. No matter the situation. I certainly hope you are. All right, Michelle Duran joining us here on the uh, City of Salem Skype hotline again. Twenty-two and three. We'll take on Baldwin Wallace coming up uh, on the uh, semifinals tonight. Obviously, championship will play on Saturday. Should Baldwin Wall- or should uh, Ohio Northern be in it? They'll be hosting it on Saturday. Uh, Once again, thanks to City of Salem, the host of the Men's Basketball Championship Weekend for the 20th consecutive year. They'll hand out their 19th title. They are our host of the hotline. Get your tickets today. We'll be back with more Hoopsville. We're going to switch gears, head up to, uh, where are we heading next now that I think about it? You know, I'm not even positive. You've got to check us out on Twitter, at D3Hoopsville and hashtag Hoopsville. We'll talk more women's basketball is what we'll do. We'll head out to the Atlantic region, talk to another team who has changed the face of the Atlantic region and the, and the Mac Freedom. You're listening to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com for the WBCA and ABC Studios. More Hoopsville right after this. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. For the love of the game, but for those of us who are Division Three student-athletes, it's more than that, a lot more. Sure, the game is important, but as we work so hard to build both mind and body, it's more about team. 
That is why NCAA Division III teamed up with Special Olympics. And in giving the gift of sport to those for whom it seemed an impossible dream, we are working to make this a better world. Help us keep that dream alive. You can make a difference. College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum, it's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor's Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that college basketball built. College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball. Well, apparently we're still running our ads long. Hi, this or repeating them. Hi. Welcome back to Hoopsville. I'm your host, Dave McHugh. Broadcasting out of the Hoopsville studios. Thanks to the WBCA and NABC. Hope you're enjoying the show. We're just trying to slam a ton into today's show. So uh, it is what it is, as they say. If you've got any questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoops or hashtag Hoopsville. Uh, let's see. Um, join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Join us on Instagram if you want, at D3Hoopsville. Uh, lots of options to interact with us. You even have the uh, chat room in the YouTube page, but to be honest with you, that is one that is hard to maintain, but we do have it. We'll try and keep an eye out on it nonetheless. Um, thanks for tuning in. Uh, we're trying to answer your questions. We're trying to talk to as many coaches as possible as well. We're also trying to keep track of games going on today, and we'll keep that up. Um, for example, so far in men's basketball, no real surprises uh, early on, uh, but we'll keep an eye out just in case there's an upset. Let's keep talking women's basketball, though, and uh, talk about a team that has uh, flipped the, uh, the the situation, as it were, in the MAC Freedom. Um, you know, this has been FDU Florham over the last few years in charge, and this year it's been DeSales. A little bit of a slow start. They started the season 4-4, four and four, but since then have only lost Two games. They are 16 and two since the first eight of the game or of the season. They will host FDU Florham in the title game on Saturday at one o'clock with a chance to go to the NCAA tournament. So we figured it'd be high time we talked to the Bulldogs. So joining us on the Hoopsville Hotline is their head coach Fred Richter. Coach, welcome to Hoopsville, sir. It's always a pleasure. Thank you for well, having me. I appreciate it. Well, I appreciate it as well. Of course, you know that 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 four and four start was right before we got the chance to see you in uh, in Salem or in a. Uh, in Salem. Let me try that one again. In Las Vegas, uh, where we got a chance to see you play Millsaps and Laverne and come out with two big wins, 58-43 and 69-50. That's, that kind of was the start of this recent campaign with only two losses since that point. What's the difference in the two halves of the season for you guys? Uh, some of it had to do with uh, the fact that we started uh, three freshmen at the uh, guard position, and uh, they certainly have matured. One, unfortunately, is hurt now for the rest of the season, but the other two are, are doing quite well. And uh second part would be the fact that our schedule was uh, beyond tough uh, to start the season. We uh, played Scranton in our uh, tip -off, our own tip-off uh, final, had them at 24 in the second and at halftime, and then they, they took care, good care of the ball in the second half and good care of uh, us defensively. And game but uh, we, we've also played Stevens Muhlenberg Moravian we we had quite a schedule and uh, I really think that helped toughen us up for the rest of the season as well yeah you certainly did have a tough schedule you pointed them all out there Scranton and Moravian and Manhattanville Muhlenberg um, of course uh, you got into well, like I said you played Millsaps uh, and beat them out there in, in Vegas at the d3hoops.com classic and beat them by 15 
Um, I, I, I'll freely admit when I watched you guys in Vegas, I wasn't overwhelmed. It wasn't like there were players who were just blowing you out of the out of the arena going, wow, you know, it was just a whole team effort. There was lots of different pieces and lots of different plays that kind of kept you guys in it or kept you guys well in advance, or you're well in front. Very much a team effort, it seemed. Absolutely. We're, we're very deep. We, uh, we average uh, 10 or 11 kids in double-digit minutes a game. Uh, our leading scorer, uh, Morgan McCullion, is a six-foot uh, force inside, uh, but we have a lot of pieces around her that, that really do well. Uh, and some of them are three-point shooters. Some of them drive it to the rim. Some of them play uh, better defense than others. But <laughs> altogether, we, we put, to bet, put together a pretty good product. We really do. Yeah, so, you know, since we've seen you, and obviously since the holiday break, basically, because between the Muhlenberg loss and the 12th of December, then you then you had the first game at the E3 Hoops Classic on the 28th. So that was your break. Since then, as we said, two losses. One was Delaware Valley and one was to FDU Florham. You've split on the season with FDU Florham, um, both winning on the uh, opponent's court, interestingly enough. Um, and obviously you now will face them a third time for the championship game. You lost to them just the other day by 18, or uh, back on the, the last weekend. Uh, previously to that, you beat them by 13. They're also a different team <laughs> since the two times you've seen them. They've been going through a little bit of an interesting season themselves. What do you expect from Saturday's game? What after you Florham team do you expect to see on the floor? Well, they're, they're very talented at, at uh, three positions for sure. And it's not like they're mince meat at the other positions. But uh, oh. uh, Shalette Brown is, is, is a heck of a player at our level and very, very uh Difficult to, to deal with uh, in our situation in that we're not that uh, big and strong at the four spot, uh, but we will uh, we will challenge as, as we did at their place. We probably played our best game of the year in uh, early uh, it was early January there and actually won by 23 and and was never in question. We just took off and went. And the game most recently at our place, they pretty much did the same thing to us. They uh, got started and, and took off and went with it as well. So in many ways, both teams have changed a lot since uh, since the games. And uh, it, it'll be a very interesting game. Uh, we, we mirror each other very closely statistically, averaging a little over 70 points a game and giving up 58 points a game. We have exactly the same record uh, overall. Um, uh, just like I said, uh, it should be a very, very interesting game. How important is it that this one's at Bolero Hall? How you, know, you guys are getting them out of their place where they have dominated the last few years, obviously on their way to a national championship along the way at one point. How important, though, is it that you're going to make them have to play in your gym? And, and it is one of those quintessential Division Three small little gyms. How important is it that, it, that it's at your place? Well, I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> you know, we, we, uh, we're the only team to beat them at their gym this year. Right. And uh, we uh, and we lost them at our gym. Uh, we didn't shoot well in our own in our own facility, which was uh, disappointing, obviously. Uh, and they did shoot pretty well. So uh, uh, you know, the home court advantage is nice. We don't travel; they do. We uh, we played at home as they did on Wednesday. We both have a pretty good run going. Uh, like I said, it, I, I'm not sure it's going to make a big difference. Uh, both teams are probably more pumped and, and more prepared. And they are worried about the location of the uh, of the game. By the way, you barely got into this game. Let's point out the fact you needed a buzzer beater, something I meant to show before this segment started, to get into the game. And talk about great passing. Well done. Nice little pass around the outside to get it inside. We'll show it to everybody at the end of this uh, segment. But, you know, skinny your teeth, as you could say, Coach, uh, to get into this one. But how much is that something that can also fire up your team and, and make them even more vote- motivated? 
certainly excited by the, the last play of the game. Uh, we actually dominated the first half. Um, and then the second half, uh, they came out and played awfully well. And uh, we missed some laughs. We had some turnovers, missed some foul shots. And they took advantage of every situation so that we were really in a bad place at the end of the game. And uh, our young ladies uh, um, executed a play that we actually drew up on, on, the, uh, on the board, which we don't do that often. We try to prepare. But uh, we didn't have a timeout for the last play because uh, it went out of bounds after the play failed the first time. We actually ran exactly the same play with a, obviously a much better result. First one resulted in, in Morgan McCullion missing a, a, a layup. The second one, she uh, made a little five-footer under duress from a great pass from Jen Napolitano and even maybe even better pass on the inbounds from Caitlin Kelly. So, uh, you know, there, there were a lot of good things to it, uh, a lot of confidence. Uh, we, we've been all over the web uh, with pictures from different angles of the winning basket and, and our girls going crazy, and the, the excitement is, is heavy on campus. And uh, it, it's, it's neat to be on a college campus when this kind of excitement happens. No, I'm quite sure it is. Uh, interesting enough, your season's kind of bookend here at the end. Uh, after you, Florham was back on the 13th, then you played Manhattanville, then Eastern, then Manhattanville, and now after you, Florham. <laughs> Uh, so you're seeing these opponents uh, back-to-back, which is a little bit sometimes of a quirk of the schedule. Um, does that kind of wear on the team, though, at the same time? Jeez, we're seeing these guys again. We've done this the last few years. Um, two years ago, we beat Eastern in a semifinal at Eastern uh, to get to the championship game, of which we lost to them twice before, and we played them the last game of the radio season. Uh, so it, it's... Uh, Something in a small eight-team league tends to happen, um, and uh, that's just the way it is. Our girls uh, have handled it pretty well. Uh, they like being a little more familiar with the teams, uh, being in so many things that they're involved in. Sometimes they forget uh, uh, a t- what a team does or, or what kind of game it was if it's uh, six weeks apart. So uh, it's, uh, I-, I think in many ways, benefits all of us. And let's talk about quickly before we let you go the the turnaround. You guys were twelve, uh, what twelve and twelve last year? Twelve and uh, 14, fourteen and twelve. 12. Yeah, fourteen yeah. and twelve last year after a twenty and seven season the the year before that. Now you're back in the mix at twenty and six. And this is a relatively young team. You only have two seniors on the squad. Just one of those two seniors is is one of your top five scorers on the squad. Uh, this is this is a tremendous turnaround in a quick period of time with a young team. A lot of it has to do with our guard play. Um, we, we, we have two freshmen that are playing uh, the guard spots for us. That uh, I like to call them combination guards because they can both bring it up. They can both score it. They can both drive it. They both defend. Uh, it doesn't matter which one has the ball to initiate offense or the fast break. And um, uh, we, we handle pretty well with them in charge. Uh, Morgan McCullion continues to come along. Uh, as a, a, a just a tremendous inside force and a, and somebody that people will certainly be looking at as an All-American in the next year or two. And then we also have uh, Jen Napolitano, who has just made second-team all-conference, yep. started her first game in the seventh or eighth game of, the, of her senior year, has just come on phenomenally. Her best big game so far this year was the first time we beat FDU. She lit them up for 22 or 23, a number of threes, and just, just really played awfully well. So it, it's been a it's been a nice mix. It's uh, quite a change in style. Uh, we're able to play much better defense, uh, especially man to man. We just uh, we've been a little more exciting and uh, a little more fast breaking. We're average uh, nine, I believe nine points more game this year than last year. So uh, uh, we're a little more up tempo. We're uh, actually much more uh, fun to watch as well. You're sitting fourth in the regional rankings. FDU Florham sitting 
fifth in the regional rankings. What does your gut tell you about an at-large opportunity if that is what's needed to get into the NCAA tournament? I think we're both in bad shape if we don't win on Saturday, to be perfectly frank. The top three teams in the region are all from the New Jersey Athletic Conference, and uh, uh, they're, they're the ones that are going to get a, a second bid out of all of this, I would imagine. So it sort of puts us on the back burner. You throw a couple upsets into some other regions, and, and it puts us further back. I, I think both of us, Mark and I, both look at this game as a must-win if we want to go to the tournament. Uh, I was going to say, on top of that, um, how do you explain? Do, do you have to explain that to the team? Uh, no, we we don't go there. Uh, we we talk about what it takes to win a forty minute game on Saturday. I figured as much, but I thought I'd ask anyway. Uh, Coach, appreciate you taking the time to join us here. Talk about your Bulldogs. Certainly an impressive season, and like I said, in a really impressive second two thirds of the campaign uh, to get to where you guys are. Really glad to hear. Uh, that you'll be, uh, or not glad to hear, it's just thrilled to see a championship game. Going to be uh, at the sales yet again, and looking forward to seeing how it all plays out. As always, though, we give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you'd like to share with those who may be tuning in? Sure. Uh, I have a couple grandsons that uh, are the uh, SID sons, and my uh, two of my uh, grandsons I really enjoy, and, and Parker uh, as, as the oldest of the two, and uh, his younger brother, Beckett, have been to all the games. In fact, uh, Parker was the first one on the floor on, on the winning basket on Wednesday night. It, it, it's, it's a lot of fun to have them, the three uh, Searfoss boys along, and, and the two Richter kids when they come in from New Jersey. It's uh, Having seven of my grandkids there for uh, some of the home games is, uh, is a highlight for this young guy. Well, good, Coach. Uh, congratulations. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Good luck the rest of the way, and uh, hopefully we're talking about the Bulldogs on Monday. Sounds good. Awesome. Sounds T- good. Take care, Coach. Fred Richter, join, absolutely. Fred Richter joining us from DeSales again. Mac, regular season, Mac Freedom regular season title. Uh, they are trying to win their first conference title after you floor in a while. After you floor, obviously, has been the big juggernaut. Those two teams face off Saturday. Big game, to say the least. When we come back, we're going to go uh, jump into some men's basketball. Going to go up the East Coast to Bangor, Maine. Talk Husson basketball. What are the what are the Eagles up to? Uh, can they make the tournament in what has been just a wacky? Not necessarily on the basketball court, NAC, this season. You're listening to Hoops Hoop presented by D3Hoops.com for the WBCA NABC studio. We should point out, of course, that's the uh, coach, uh, Richter, joining us on the City of Salem hotline. Sorry, trying to get all my thoughts in one sentence. City of Salem hotline. City of Salem, proud host of the Men's Basketball Championship weekend for the 20th consecutive year. Of course, we'll be handing out a 19th NCAA tournament championship title. Get your tickets today and join us in the Roanoke Valley. We'll be back with more Hoopsville. Uh, I think we'll, we'll, we'll do it right after this. For the love of the game, that's what it's all about, they say. But for those of us who are Division Three student-athletes, it's more than that. It's more about team and the schools and communities we represent. And for the many of us blessed with the strength to compete in sport at the college level, we understand that with what we were given, comes a special obligation. An obligation to help those who have their own special needs and whose love for the game is no less intense. That is why NCAA Division III teamed up with Special Olympics. Since August of 2011, we and others from Division III campus communities have volunteered more than a quarter million hours, time away from the classroom and practice field, reaching across the country to coach and mentor Special Olympics athletes. And to learn that in giving, we receive so much more in return. 
Help us keep that dream alive. Be part of it. Get involved. You can make a difference. Division 3 allows you to give yourself to other things. Having that free time allows me to pursue the things that I want to pursue. Division 3 Athletics affords students the opportunity to you know, engage in the other interests in their campus and in their lives outside of that sport. It allows you to just be able to do everything you want to do. How wouldn't change it for the world. College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum, it's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor's Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that College Basketball built. I'm a Division III student-athlete, and I know how powerful words can be. The term gay doesn't mean stupid, lame, or less than. So I pledge to speak up if I hear the term gay used in a derogatory way or any other homophobic terms. If you can play, you can play in Division III. I'm a Division III student-athlete, and my teammates unconditionally accepted me as part of their family. So now I pledge to do the same for others. If you can play, you can play in Division One. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games, leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.D3Hoops.com. And welcome back to Hoops Hill, everybody. Presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC ever. studio. If you've got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoops. Uh, I was afraid Hoops, if I said something Hoops wrong, wrote. everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. It helped me to find... Sorry about that. Started a commercial break a little too soon. We'll try that again. Welcome back to Hoopsville. I'm your host, Dave McHugh, from the WBCA and ABC Studios. Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com. Hope you're enjoying the show. Clearly, the one-man band here is getting a little bit worn out. <laughs> we'll try and make sure we don't do that again. If you got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com, or join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Trying to monitor scores from around the country. Uh, so far, nothing jumping out at me that is blowing me away in the sense of, of upsets. Obviously, there's a lot of tournaments going on. Of course, the women uh, in the Old Dominion Athletic Conference got going today. Uh, Lynchburg had an easy win over Virginia Wesleyan. Eastern Mennonites' run is over. Washington Lee defeated them. You'll say goodbye to uh, a tremendous player in, in Jess Reinheimer for Eastern Mennonite. Um, a tremendously good player. Uh, she brings her career to an end, most likely, but... A uh, good win nonetheless. Guilford beat Randolph-Macon. No surprise there. Bridgewater and Emory, Emory and Henry are just getting going. Other basketball taking place today uh, around the country still. Again, not a lot of surprises. We had some yesterday, and we've talked about them already. I'm sure there'll be more um, maybe throughout the night. And of course, this weekend. Going to keep things moving here. We're moving up into Bangor, Maine. I haven't had a chance to talk about the NAC all that much this season. It's been a little on the wacky side, to say the least. But nonetheless, it's, it's something worth discussing because the Husson 
men's basketball team are looking to get back to the NCAA tournament after missing out last season. Uh, they've got their big semifinal coming up against Thomas in a weekend tournament. Of course, they're hosting it in Bangor, um, and, but the conference has been a little bit crazy. So we figured we at least should talk to our co- to the coach, Warren Caruso, and he joins us on the Hoopsville Hotline. Coach, welcome to Hoopsville, sir. I appreciate it. Thank you. First and foremost, 19-6 and six on the season, 15-3 and three in conference. Um, excuse me. Uh, you'll take on Thomas, as we mentioned, coming up. You haven't played in about a week. How do you, you you sure the guys aren't going to be a little rusty here? <laughs> well, you know, I, I'm not a fan of the, you know, six teams make the conference tournament and, and one and two gets by. I think, I think we'd rather play the quarterfinal game, but you know, it's, it's what it is. And, you know, it allows some rest and, and a full week of preparation. So we'll, we'll take advantage of that. But, uh, you know, I think this time of year, everyone's ready to play. And, and, and when the ball goes up, you kind of forget how many days off you had, whether you played a quarterfinal and, and certainly Thomas is a team that uh, has, has played well uh, throughout the year, and they've had a couple of tough losses probably they'd like to have back, but they've, they've played with the best of all of us. Uh, I want to talk a lot about your team, but I want to get the, the elephant out of the room as fast as I can, if you don't mind. Let's talk quickly about Green Mountain. They technically finished on top of the conference if you're on a website like ours, which can't control whether those games count or not. But interestingly enough, um, you know, a strange uh, scenario, let's call it, with Green Mountain in the sense that they ended up not counting for the postseason. They ended up their games ended up not counting at all um, for the uh, overall conference uh, title. How hard is it to not only be playing a team that now no longer counts, but just have the the political craziness that was going on in the first place this season? Yeah, you know, I, I, it was it was craziness, and and I think you know one of the things that uh, the information came out a little slow. I think yeah. from the conference that kind of threw things into a flux, but in the end, I think the, the right decision was made. And um, this is a very good basketball team. <laughs> they're, uh, they're they're as talented as, as anybody uh, in certainly the, the New England area, and um, they were a handful. But it. it it was a difficult scenario for our guys, but, uh, you know, both games we played, uh, you know, right there and we lost it in the last minute of play and it was a quality game for us to play. But as you know, mental approach to every game plays into the effect. And I, I can't help but believe uh, given the circumstances that, that, that didn't, that, that didn't affect the game some way. Sure. I was going to say, you know, it's a game that doesn't even count. How do you keep the guys motivated? in some way, shape, or form. Uh, quickly about all that, you, you say they're a good team. It, it helps with, when you have a couple ineligibles, but you didn't play them when they had that squad, obviously. Um, back to you guys. You played only seven games in the opening part of your season uh, through mid-December, so you had to slam the rest of your schedule uh, into the backside of it starting on January 2nd. That's a lot of basketball, especially in wintertime in Maine when you know anything's possible about moving games around. How difficult has it been? And are you guys maybe you know a little tired, honestly, from what has just been a very difficult second two thirds in a very a very much smaller time frame than everybody else? Well, we found a good rhythm. Um, you know, we had a stretch. You know, we went three one days between home games, and uh, we actually won. You know, all, uh, when we came back from break, we we entered a, a what we thought was a very critical stretch with four games on the road, and uh, four conference games on the road, and actually won all four of them. And what really hurt us was the eight games uh, in a 16-day stretch that we had in the middle of January. Yeah, and and the the last one was the Johnson game that unfortunately we we did we ended up on the wrong side of. Trump team played very, Johnson played very well that night, and and we did not. 
Um, but really, after that, we we found a good rhythm, and we 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 all had we had the, just the weekend games the following, and then we followed up with just the Wednesday and Saturday. So, so I think we found our legs back, and and I'm a believer that in the second semester, guys want to play. I mean, at this point, practices, you know, trying to keep fresh and tweaking, and um, you know, we we found a good rhythm, and our guys responded well. Again, that that eight games in 16 days, we'd like to look at that a little bit. Maybe coach will do a little better job scheduling <laughs> that starts next year. But uh, but you know if you look at the two non-conference games we played in the middle of it, we played Colby and Bowden, the two NASCAR schools. We played extremely well at a very high level in the middle of the weeks in which we could have had letdowns. So I think we learned a lot about ourselves. We we certainly tested ourselves. Um, as you know, our conference plays Friday, Saturday, you know, every weekend. And so, you know, playing multiple games in the week, uh, you know, I think think caught up to us in that stretch. But for the whole, our guys handled it very well. Um, interesting enough, I mean, you look at your schedule, you know, it's a lot of main teams, certainly a bunch of New England teams as well. Uh, it's not necessarily a schedule that's built for an at-large opportunity. I think it's kind of you guys probably know the situation you're in in the NAC. It's probably a one-bid-only type of league. Uh, even when you guys were, you know, in and out of the national rankings a couple of years ago, the scenario was the same. You know, going into this, that it's that you've got to win the AQ, and and there's no other way to get in. Is that uh, maybe a, a a blessing in some ways because there's just no added pressure? Well, it's what it is. I mean, I, I think we're very conscious of where the MAC stands. There was only seven non-conference games. We even if we played seven regionally ranked teams, we. I say the schedule would still probably not be good enough, even if we had success with that schedule True. Uh, to get a CAQ. So we're very, very aware of that. Um, you know, we've fought and uh, trying to get less conference games to increase our non-conference schedule unsuccessfully. But I, I think it's good. I, I, you know, you look at being tested. You know, 18 conference games is a long road. Uh, this is the first year I think a team you know has you know we, we had the the number one seed two weeks to go in the year. I think that that probably hurt us more than anything. But um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, that, we we come from an NAI roots, which back in the day there was only 32 bids and you had to win to go. Um, you know, that's where I started my career. So I I really appreciate the idea that you know winning winning gets you in, and um, you know I think our, our guys respond to it, and I think everyone in the NAC you know understands that that's a position that we happen to be in. Um, you've got a young squad. Uh, you know, this is there's not a lot of, of upperclassmen necessarily on there. There's certainly a, a good handful of, of juniors, but you've only got what two seniors, or is it? Or yeah, one, senior. one senior, one senior on the Butler, squad. Yeah. Just yeah, just Trevin Butler, out of Wadbury, Connecticut. You're built again for a nice couple of year run here. Um, but what's the key about this year's squad that's been so successful? Well, we brought in uh, four transfers, and and then we had one freshman uh, crack the lineup. So. We took a little bit to kind of find a, a rhythm and a, and a rotation that we liked, and we tried some different people. Um, but I think I think the thing that as as everyone got used to each other and, and we blended the guys that have been with us with the guys that came in, um, you know, I think we we really found a rotation that that you know is nine deep. Um, we can even go ten at sometimes. So you know, nine and ten look very similar as far as what they do, and and we've got you know. Uh, Butler and Anderson, who who are you know, I think you know A level players in, in New England, and um, you know, so I think we got a good blend. I, we were really hurt a year ago um, with a young team. We had nine freshmen on the team a year ago, and 
really ended up with about a seven-man rotation at the end with, with no bigs. And really, we had to address that in the offseason, which we've done well. And so I think we do a little bit of everything. We've got guys that can shoot it. Uh, we've got two bigs that, that you know do their job inside. And um, though we've only got two guys averaging double figures, if you look at the other seven guys playing and you, you put the position, two guys splitting the 40 minutes, you know, the stats are, are, are very, very positive. So we like our rotation. We, we like how uh, we've learned to play, uh, you know, off and through uh, Anderson and Butler. I think it makes us a tough matchup. Uh, you know, each night we take the floor. Uh, listen, I know Ben Gourmet, and I don't know anybody in, uh, in their right mind from Pomona Beach, Florida, San Bernardino, California, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, or Miramar, Florida, who would, or Kissimmee, Florida, who would go, oh, let me go to Bangor. Uh, how in the world are you convincing them? And Lockhart's got to get even extra credit because he went to Eastern Maine Community College for a year to get them to come to Bangor, Maine from beautiful, sunny locations. Yeah, you know, I, you know Hudson's a special place. I, I think it's a you know, real, <laughs> real comfortable environment and and our key is to get them to campus. You know, they don't come to campus. They don't. They don't sense that. They only look at the weather report. But I, I, I know probably a lot of coaches say it, but you know, Bangor is a, a great community. It's a safe and comfortable yeah. community. Yeah. Um, we have a successful basketball program, and you know, I, I got to tell you, you know, look at the, the Anderson, uh, Raheem Anderson. He was not heavily recruited out of Florida, and and he's he's a very good Division three basketball player. So we've been fortunate to, to find some guys from different places that. You know, maybe maybe weren't being overly recruited, and, and we were the, at the right place at the right time, and it had been a good fit for our program, and and we found success. Uh, and we're not, a, you know, we we spend a lot of time on the road. I, I you know, I'm in Florida probably five times a year. We're not going to win probably a lot of New England recruiting battles, you know, because we're in the NAC, and and there's certainly higher profile conferences. So, you know, we've got to go beyond those borders to find find the guys that we think we need to compete and. Um, I think think over the last five years we've done a good job with that. Coach, you're probably the only person I know who uh, probably uh, uh, goes to Florida not during the time that most Mainers would go to Florida uh, and comes back with recruits. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty unique, to say the least. Uh, before I let you go, got Thomas coming up, obviously, and, and then a championship game possibly after that. But what about what is it about Thomas you guys think you can uh, – I don't want you to give your game plan away, so uh, to forgive the question, but what do you think you're going to see from Thomas that you need to adjust to, and, and what do you think you can bring to the table against him? Well, you know, Thomas has uh, some two very good offensive players, Levi Barnes and Simon. Um, both averaging, one's averaging 16, the other one's averaging 21. Levi's a, a senior that's hungry to, to have this next level of success. It's really going to be conscious of him and and uh, making sure that he doesn't control the game on their offense and on the floor. And Defensively, they, they do a nice job mixing some defenses between man-to-man and full-court pressure and, and, and a couple different zones and you know, recognizing those, keeping our floor balance, and then making sure we get the ball with, in Butler and Anderson's hands to, to make sure – we have success on the offensive end, I think, are the keys. And um, as you know, this time of year, you, you get to play with a higher level of intensity, and but yet find that comfort level of, of performing, um, you know, when your your season's on the line, and, and we're confident our guys will be ready to go this weekend. Very good. Well, coach, appreciate you taking time to talk to us about your squad and and uh, the upcoming conference tournament. Obviously, big game with Tom, uh, with Thomas coming up tomorrow before the championship game. Uh, as always, we give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning in? Well, you know, I think Division Three. You know, we, we're hosting both the men and women, and 
been really promoting the idea of getting out to see Division three games. And, and I'm, I'm speaking to the choir, but there's some great basketball played at this level and some guys uh, some guys that, that are really skilled and, and particularly the ability to shoot the ball and games usually played with a lot of pace. So we look forward to a great weekend and, and I know uh, all over the country, you know, there's a lot of Division three games in those home sites and really encourage people to get out and see it and experience because it's, it's a special brand of basketball. Coach, I'm a choir that doesn't mind being preached to a few extra times. I enjoy, yeah. I, I agree with you in, entirely, and I don't mind hearing it more and more. So, well, good luck. Appreciate all, appreciate all that you do to promote it, and, and thanks for having us on, and we always appreciate that. Thank you, Coach. Good luck the rest of the way, and we'll be looking forward to seeing how it all how it all plays out. Hopefully we're talking about Husson on Monday. Great. Thank you very much. Take care. Warren Caruso joining right. us from Husson. Again, team is 19-6 and six overall, 15-3 and three in the conference. They are the top dog in the conference, despite what you might read. Otherwise, Green Mountain not taking part, not eligible. Those games against them did not count towards the conference race. So I should say 15-3. and three. It's really 14-2. Uh, and two. Uh, But they will host Thomas. It doesn't matter. In the semifinals, the championship again on Saturday, all in Bangor, Maine. Good luck to Husson. We'll see how it all plays out. Going to take another break. When we come back, we got plenty more ahead. We're going to talk Lancaster Bible about why an undefeated season is the only way they're going to make the NCAA tournament. We'll talk to North Central, whose uh, scenario has played out a little bit differently this year, why they're in better position to make the NCAA tournament, even if it has to be an at-large. Then we'll uh, answer some of your questions. We still will talk to the winner of the CAC men's semifinal. Something new on the show, we'll talk to Salisbury or Mary Washington. We don't know who yet. We'll keep an eye on that. Uh, last check. Sorry, I had a score for you and then misplaced it. Bear with me. Uh, last check, Salisbury was in the lead. Of course, the game's being played at Salisbury. Uh, game, Salisbury leads 44-39. They are in the second half. That was the score. They are not. That's not the score now. It's the score I got last. Um, and then we will talk SOS. What is the SOS? Why is it considered so important? Maybe why is it relied on too much? We'll talk to our numbers guru, Matt Snyder, about the SOS coming up. You're listening to Hoops Hope presented by D3Hoops.com for the WBCA and ABC Studios. Coach, Coach Caruso and all our guests brought to you by the City of Salem Hotline. City of Salem hosting the Men's Division Three Championship Weekend for the 22nd season in the Roanoke Valley. Come down and watch them hand out the 19th NCAA Men's Basketball Championship uh, in just a few weeks. We'll be there. Join us. Get your tickets today. More Hoopsville right after this. I used to never really talk, ever. Uh, I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. It helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. Every basket and every stop, the skill of elite student-athletes will be on display. The sights, the sounds, the intensity of an NCAA championship. It all comes down to this moment, and the winner takes it all. Be there to share the experience with your family and friends. The 2016 NCAA Division III Men's Basketball Championship, March 18th and 19th at Salem Civic Center in Salem, Virginia. Visit NCAA.com tickets to score your championship seats today. College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum, it's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor's Circle, and Honor Theater. 
suit up in the latest CBE logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that college basketball built. Every basket and every stop, the skill of elite student-athletes will be on display. The sights, the sounds, the intensity of an NCAA championship. It all comes down to this moment, and the winner takes it all. Be there to share the experience with your family and friends. The 2016 NCAA Division III Men's Basketball Championship, March 18th and 19th at Salem Civic Center in Salem, Virginia. Visit NCAA.com tickets to score your championship seats today. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Of course, it is a crazy Thursday show presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA NABC studio. I'm your host, Dave McHugh. We are in the closing days of the 2015-16 regular season. Already bubbles of plenty are popping as uh, we take a look at who may be in or may be out of the NCAA tournament. If you have questions for us, and I'm sure there are questions, or you have questions maybe for our guests, tweet them at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, hoopsville at d3hoops.com. Join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash hoopsville. Also, don't forget the Hoopsville fundraising efforts. Please don't forget about those. Those are also in the closing days, excuse me, as we get uh, look to try and cover Division Three better, uh, we want to hit our goal and surpass our goal as we've been talking all show long. Had lots of guests from around the country, kind of just threw it all into a mixer today. Um, and as a result, a little tighter on these interviews, trying to keep things moving, trying to get some perspectives. Um, one of those perspectives would be the story that everybody's maybe talking about on the men's side, and that's the fact that you might have to go undefeated. To make the NCAA tournament, at least if you are Lancaster Bible, that is the situation. They are not regionally ranked. They are undefeated. They are hosting their conference tournament. And basically the the message you can receive in all that is if you don't win your conference tournament, if you do not go undefeated, you will not make the NCAA tournament. Right or wrong, that's a conversation for another time. And certainly we can read my opinions on it later, which I think are, are pretty balanced. However... We still want to get the point of view of Lancaster Bible. So joining us on the Skype via uh, the City of Salem Skype hotline, we should say, is Zach Philzen, the head coach for Lancaster Bible. Should mention first-year head coach. Coach, welcome in. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely appreciate you taking the time. Um, all right, let's let, let's. I mean, I put the cards on the table there. You're 25 and 0. You've got at least two more games to qualify for the NCAA tournament. You got to win the semis against SUNY IT. You're going to have to win the championship game. They're at your place. What's the mindset, at least from your point of view, uh, heading into the weekend? I think the mindset is is the same that it's been really all year. These guys have set the goal of winning the conference tournament championship. They, they've fallen short the last couple of years, so it's something that they've really been desiring and aiming for and working towards. And that's kind of where the mindset is. Put aside all the 25-0 and 0 and uh, – bubble talk or whatever i mean we know we have to to win to get in and that's kind of where the mindset is let's let's have a great weekend let's let's play well and then see if we can get this thing done so that's kind of where we're at uh trying to put aside all the other distractions and just wipe the slate clean we're zero and zero for this part of the year and see what we can do that's the interesting thing is obviously you're a first year but this team has missed out the last two years they have been the yeah. favorite coming out of this conference the last couple of years and fallen short Interesting enough in the conference title game and interesting enough on their own home floor to miss the NCAA yep. tournament. The difference is they've already had losses on their resume in those years. This year they don't have any losses, so that's about the only difference. But you're right. At least the team has some motivation here that maybe, you know, you guys aren't new to this equation necessarily. Um, yep. it, you say the team's got that mentality of, of blinders on pushing forward, but how hard is that in, re, in, re, uh, in 
the reality of things to not get distracted by everything else? I think it, it can be difficult. I, I'm not going to lie. It can be, I mean, especially when some of these conversations are new territory for us as a program, mm. uh, where you talk about national rankings or desiring to be ranked in the region or at large talk, like has mm. never been in the consideration. So it's new, but we're continuing to, to, to be loose about it, to, to, to understand. We understand our position that we have to, to win to get in. So that's kind of where all the focus is right now. We, we were excited to accomplish the feat of going undefeated in the regular season. But now our mindset is let's wipe that clean. That's behind us. It's time to get focused and get ready to go for the weekend. Interestingly enough, in a situation like this where you have an SOS of a 422 and, and you know, I, I look at the seven games you can play out of conference, you know, I turn to the coach and go, what were you thinking schedule-wise? You weren't in control of the schedule. You picked this all up in June. And granted, there's some teams on here that were that were misses. Uh, you know, Messiah over the last few years has been pretty good that this was a down year. Yep. Uh, but there's some others on there that you kind of go, well, that, that game wasn't necessary. You have a solid, impressive win over Franklin and Marshall um, at the Messiah Tournament. Um, yep. That certainly put you guys on the radars for everybody, and you've lived up to that hype. And nobody I see doesn't tell me you're a good team. Yeah. But how hard is it to now have to still prove that? It's it's difficult. I'm, I'm not going to lie about that. I mean – I, I I can kind of see both sides of the equation being the fact that our strength of schedule isn't very good. Uh, I guess if you look at our, our schedule, there's really, I guess you could say one marquee win. Um, so I understand that, but also I think the other side of the thing is we have, we've been pretty convincingly the teams that we have played and we've, we, I think in a, to a degree so far, we've, we've dominated the schedule. Yes, it has not been a great schedule, but it, it hasn't been like we've been sneaking by a lot of these games. I mean, right. I mean we're second in the country, average margin of victory, and, and been taking do, doing what we can control with the schedule that we yeah. have. So I think that's kind of where our mindset is. It's, it's a little tough. It's a little frustrating. But like I said, I mean, ultimately the goal is still the same thing. Let's, let's, let's try to win this NAAC tournament championship for the first time in school history and, and get into the NCAA tournament that way because that is what we want in, in the whole grand scheme of things. Whether people are saying we're in, or we're not we still have that goal so that's kind of where, where we're at how frustrating is it when when 18 of these games are completely out of your control and nothing against the NEAC but it's not like they're helping you any now interesting enough you have uh, the the worst SOS in the NEAC as well mm-hmm. uh, so it's an interesting dichotomy there yep. uh, but that's also because the rest of the NEAC is sometimes used as fodder for some of the top teams who just need to get a, a coast game in. No, nothing against Bryn Anthon or any of these other teams, but that's how it's set up. Yeah. Um, but you know, how much do you also look at the rest of the NEAC and go, guys, we're only shooting ourselves in the foot here? Yeah. Um, I, I, we try not to think much about that. I, I think that with some of the recent hires for coaches that, that I've seen, uh, I've, I've dealt with, I think hopefully we can get this moving in, in a better direction. I know a lot of the- coaches that have been hired recently want to improve this this conference and, and get it going in a direction where it's not viewed as it is right now so um yes i mean it could have helped us maybe if if our conference was deemed deemed a little bit better but we can't control that now we just can do what we can do and, and focus on what we can con- control and continue to try to improve and, and have a good couple days of practice and then give it our best shot this weekend He's Zach Filson, head coach for Lancaster Bible, coming in 25-0, 18-0 in the NEAC. Listen, 18-0 is still 18-0, 25-0 is still 25-0. That's a pretty good mark nonetheless. If you were on the women's side, they'd take you because they're going to basically say at some point, 
SOS be damned, you still went undefeated or nearly undefeated. Uh, but obviously yeah. on the men's side, it's it's slightly different. What can you take? Listen, you were at Northwestern as an assistant out in Minnesota. They were in a similar boat. Um, you've been, you've seen this situation before. How do you keep the team? And what can you take from your background to get the team? Yeah, obviously, they're motivated, but to get the team yeah. hyper focused on the task at hand, you have to win for starters Saturday, yeah. SUNY IT, or this is all mute. Exactly right. Exactly right. And 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 the guys understand that. I really believe they they understand what's on the line. They understand how how we need to go. And and it doesn't. It's not going to take much motivation on my part or much. Uh, pleading with them to focus to get this done. There, it's going to be more. Can we play loose? Can we play confident? Go out there and, and play like we want to play. So that's kind of where our mindset is. That's what we've talked about so far this week. Is let's let's play loose. Let's play confident. Uh, we believe in our abilities. I believe in the guys on my team. That if we play like we're capable of, we'll, we'll have a good chance of getting this thing done. So that that's kind of where the mindset is. That's that's what we're focusing on. Uh, and that's kind of from my background, from my experiences and seeing my mom was a successful basketball coach at Carleton College mm-hmm. on the women's side, um, seeing how she handled this stuff or seeing how the teams I coached the last couple of years as an assistant handled that stuff. And I think that's one, one of the biggest things. Can you be the midst the pressure? Can you play loose? Can you play confident? Can you play, in a sense, free and, and play to the best of your abilities? You saw SUNY IT back in the uh, middle of February, a couple of weeks ago, back yep. on the 12th, uh, part of a double set of games that came to your place to to basically round out that part of the schedule. You did play one more home game to finish the season against Penn College. But you saw them on the front end of a SUNY IT versus SUNY Cobbleskill weekend. Yep. Uh, beat them by 20 in, in what was a bit of a challenging weekend, uh, not as dominating a fashion as you guys have had in the past. It's the only time you've seen them, though. They're coming out second place from the North Division. You're leading the South Division. What What do you expect from SUNY IT Saturday? I think that I think they're well coached, so they'll, they'll make some adjustments. Uh, they They have been playing uh, a lot of man, so we got to be able to execute against against that. Uh, if they If they show that, um, they have a couple. I mean, very good players, a big kid, and, and a guard that really hurt us the first time. So we got to be ready to, to contain them a little bit. So I think they'll give us a very good shot. I mean, you really you look at it, they don't have a lot to lose. I mean, the pressure from the outside perspective is on us. So we got to come ready to play, focused, um, ready to, to play the best we can, because I think they will give us the best, the, the best shot they can give. Uh, I think they're going to be ready to go. So that's what we got to be ready to do. Um, of course, interesting enough, uh, both the men and women will be hosting the NEC uh, tournament this weekend, so it'll be a little bit busy. Uh, at Lancaster yeah. <laughs> Bible. Uh, if you win, uh, and you will either play, who is it, uh, Morrisville State or? Yeah, I did. Yeah, um, Thank you. We wanted to double check that. Uh, obviously, you know those teams pretty well, too. Yep. Morrisville State's the one who's carried the mantle of the NEC, NEAC the last few years and obviously done pretty darn well with it. Um, anything you expect from, I know you're not looking past the semis, uh, but no, anything you would expect from those two teams should you face them? It's going to be, I really think it's going to be a battle. I think both those teams uh, have been playing very well as of late. <clears throat> Morrisville State's been on a, a really good roll lately. Gallaudet, from some early losses that were kind of surprising in the conference season, has been on a very good roll, been playing very well as well. So we're going to, I mean, <clears throat> yeah, you, you can look at the conference, but the reality is that the top teams are, are decent and are pretty good, and, and we're going to have to be ready to, to, to play. Play really well this weekend. Uh, obviously, the tournament time can get crazy, and, and different things um, can happen in the course of the game. So we got to be ready to play our best basketball of the year, and that's what we're trying to prepare for. 
Um, certainly uh, not that it makes it any better, but last year you guys missed the NCAA tournament and made it to the NCCAA tournament. For anybody not familiar, the National Christian College Athletic Association went and won their D2 national title. So certainly there isn't you're you're not lost should you not make the NCAA tournament. But I have a feeling if this happens a third straight year, the NCCAA is is not exactly making up for much. <laughs> no, I'm not going to lie. We have not talked about it once. It's our whole mindset's been on can we can we win the conference tournament championship and get the NCAA tournament. It's nice for especially for the upperclassmen to have something to to go play in if we aren't able to accomplish the goal, but the reality is that is in the very 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 back of our minds right now. We're we're trying to get ready to go and see what we can do. Well, Zach, I appreciate you coming on the show talking really quickly with us here about your team. Uh, obviously impressive to go 25-0, and 0, period. Uh, eventually some teams get to know you pretty darn well and you're still beating them. Good luck this weekend. Obviously, from an outsider's point of view, we think there's a lot of pressure. We won't even, we don't even imagine if, they, if that's true on the inside, but I appreciate at least giving us some insight. As always, though, we give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning in? Um, I, I think it, there's a lot, like, like you were saying, kind of went back to this previous conversation, there's a lot to learn that we're going to kind of make some adjustments going forward and how we handle scheduling and, and, and what that looks like. Uh, but ultimately, we we are just grateful for, for the year we've had. It's, it's been, a, been a big blessing. It's been a fun run. I uh, love the guys on my team, some some very talented kids and, and athletes, and, and we hope we can finish this thing strong. It's been a fun run so far, and, and hopefully we can give it a good shot this weekend. Great. Well, thank you, Zach, so much for joining us thank on the you. show. Good luck, and we'll uh, we'll look forward to hopefully seeing you guys on the bracket come Monday should you pull it all together. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Zach Phils and joining us here from uh, Lancaster Bible. Again, the men's team undefeated. They'll play SUNY IT on Saturday. Uh, of course, it's a men's and women's tournament, so lots of games at Lancaster Bible. They'll play them at 1 o'clock. Should they win, they'll then play Morrisville State and or Gallaudet, or Gallaudet not and or, or Gallaudet, depending on who wins that other semifinal. They'll play that on Sunday for a chance to go to the NCAA tournament. So there's that dichotomy. On the other side of it, North Central last year had a really good SOS. Not that great a win-loss percentage, and they got left home. This year, they may be in a little bit better shape with also a still impressive SOS. We'll talk to their head coach. Can they get in without winning the CCIW tournament? Looks good, but have they learned anything from last year? Todd Raritan joins us here on Hoopsville. You're listening to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. I want to thank the City of Salem, the sponsor of our hotline, whether it be Skype or telephone. City of Salem hosting the 20th. Uh, championship weekend in men's basketball coming up in March. Of course, 19th national title. Get your tickets today. We'll be back with more after this. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.D3Hoops.com. For the love of the game, but for those of us who are Division Three student-athletes, it's more than that, a lot more. Sure, the game is important, but as we work so hard to build both mind and body, it's more about team. That is why NCAA Division III teamed up with Special Olympics. And in giving the gift of sport to those for whom it seemed an impossible dream, we are working to make this a better world. Help us keep that dream alive 
you can make a difference. College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum, it's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor's Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that college basketball built. Welcome back to Hoops Hope, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA NABC studios. Uh, appreciate you enjoying taking in the time. Uh, it is crazy. We'll keep track of any games going on tonight here coming up. And obviously, we still have ahead the unique opportunity of talking to the winner of the, in the CAC semifinals between Salisbury and Mary Washington. We will actually talk live to the winning coach, uh, marching on to most likely play Christopher Newport, but obviously their game isn't decided as of yet either. But that is coming up here on the show. We also will kind of get... Uh, an in-depth look at what the SOS really is. What does it really represent? Talk to our math guru, Matt Snyder. That's all coming up here on Hoopsville. You can join us on Twitter at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, hoopsville at d3hoops.com or join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash hoopsville. All avenues that you can ask us questions. This is that time of year we get lots of them. We'll certainly try and answer them as best as possible, either on air or via the medium in which you uh, sent them to us. But also bear with us. We may not be able to get right to your question. We hope you will stay tuned in to hear an answer. Uh, so last time when we talked to Lebanon Valley, or not Lebanon Valley, I apologize, Lancaster Bible is located in uh, in uh, Lebanon, PA. Um Talk to them about the fact that they are in a situation they have to go undefeated or they're not going to make the NCAA tournament. On the flip side of that, North, North Central last year was certainly one of those teams that was on the table. Lots of people discussed them. Great SOS, but just a little bit too close to the Mendoza line on the win-loss percentage. They ended up missing out on the NCAA tournament. Somewhat similar and yet somewhat different this year. They have seven losses this time, or, or six losses, I should say, right now. Worst they can do is seven. That's better than last season. They've got 19 wins. Better than last season. They still have that kick-ass SOS. So I wanted to get an idea of what's going on at North Central before they play their first CCIW tournament game. So joining us on the City of Salem Hoopsville Hotline is Coach Todd Raritan from the number 11 North Central Cardinals. Coach, welcome to Hoopsville, sir. Dave, thanks for having me. Appreciate you taking the time. Um, first and foremost, before we get into you, I just want to talk about the fact that the CCIW this season has been a little bit crazy. <laughs> Augustana certainly been a top team. We expected Elmers to be good. You guys have emerged, which I think a lot of people expected. But then there's been a kind of an upheaval outside of that. Illinois Wesleyan, not as good as in the past. Wheaton had a just weird year, if you look at results and then the final standings and everybody else. It, it, is this just what we get used to in the CCIW? Just craziness? Well, I, I'm not sure how crazy it was, but you know, <laughs> I think in some cases uh, a couple of teams lost some good players from a year ago, and uh, so you know they were all fi trying to find their way through. Uh, I think Westland would be one of those teams that did lose some good guards, and you know they just had some inexperience more. Uh, but it's not that they didn't have quality guards; they just you know a matter of them all playing together. It just took some time. Sure. Uh, North Park, I thought, was extremely talented. Uh, you know, they were right up there. I think they had a chance to make the conference tournament, and and just uh, right at the end, you know, it just got away from them. So, you know, like you said, Wheaton. I mean, Wheaton had a lot of close games. Milliken had a lot of close games. They just, you know, just one of those years where those close games went the wrong way for uh, a 
few of the teams, and uh, we were just fortunate they went right for us. <laughs> Wheaton's the craziest one, five and twenty, and how many close games they had this season that could have gone the other way is mind-boggling. You guys had a rough start to the season. You were uh, two and three to start, uh, beat Mount Union, then lost to Chicago and Aurora, Platteville. Then you got a victory by thirty, and then lost to Alma before righting the ship and beating Stevens Point, Albion, Hartwick, and Center. Uh, to kind of get on a roll. Then Benedictine, the CCIW killer, came to town, and you guys had a great game against them. Talk talk to me about that first half of the season. Was that you guys trying to find your legs a little bit? Uh, I think it was, Dave, to be honest. Uh, you know, it just we had two starters back from the year before. Uh, we've, we probably had uh, three or four kids maybe that had actual playing time uh, from last year. Uh, we lost some good kids the year before. Uh, we had a couple kids that didn't come back uh, that uh, had playing time. But we added some quality kids, I thought. And I just think it took a little bit of time for all of them to come together as a team um, and figure out, you know, what everybody can do both uh, at both ends of the floor. And, uh, you know, consequently, our record probably wasn't as good early in the season. But then again, it wasn't like we were playing sisters of the poor. I mean, we were playing yeah. some quality teams. So, Obviously, that made it. Uh, we had to grow up very, very quickly. Yeah, sure. Uh, that leads to the SOS, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But you know, since you got into conference play again, finished second in the conference. You guys were twelve and two behind Augustana, um, and certainly had you know your, your two losses were to Augustana. You beat everybody else in the CCIW, including Elmers, who had such a good start uh, to the season. Uh, you're a bit on a roll now. You've won four in a row, and you will face Elmhurst coming up here in the semifinals. Of course, you just beat them the other day, back uh, last Saturday, in fact, 79-64. Can you take anything from what you've done the last two times you played Elmhurst into this game, or do you guys know each other so well as programs in that conference that, that you just have to stick to yourself? I think we both know each other pretty well. I, I mean, I, I, John does a tremendous job over there at Elmhurst, and in you know, it's just a matter that, um, you know, it's a physical game. Uh, every time we've played them the, the, this year, uh, they're extremely talented. They have tremendous depth. And uh, just, you know, it's it's been a knockdown drag out with them. And, and we've just been fortunate that, you know, we've made some key shots here and there, especially from the outside when we needed them. And, uh, you know, we've gotten a couple stops when we needed them, at, at, whether it was at our place or at their place. So, you know, I expect it to be another very close game. I expect a very physical game. And, you know, it's just a matter of we hope that our kids can hang together and, and uh, withstand everything that they throw at us because we know what pretty much what they're going to throw at us. And, you know, we just need a lot of toughness to, to go in this CCIW tournament. Certainly, uh, you know, a, a matchup of just four teams, you know, the, the, the amount of games isn't a lot, but the, the matchups are very important, obviously. Playing Elmers is going to be a big game, and after that, you're going to take on uh, the other side of the of the tournament, which will maybe, you know, most likely be Augustana, but we'll see. How important you know, last year when you entered this point of the tournament, you kind of knew that you might need to get some wins or or at least win the AQ to secure an NCAA tournament spot. This year, you look a little bit better, fourth in the regional rankings. SOS is a pretty solid 597 going into the week. Do you feel more secure that you can you? can handle a loss here in the tournament, or do you feel you still need to go out there and win this AQ to, to get in the NCAA tournament? Oh, 
Uh, you know, Dave, I've been at it so long that I've seen a lot of things happen. And yeah. one of the things that I've learned is you never you never take anything for granted yeah. and never leave it in the hands of a committee that when you can do it yourself. And sure. so, um, you know, I think realistically, I think we're better shape than we were, like you said, a year ago. But at the same time, I, I don't feel like, you know, it, it's just a lock. I really feel like we have to. You know, whether we are or we're not, I, I just think we need to improve as a team and start starting Friday night against Elmhurst. And that's really our focal point is getting ready to play a team a third time. And, uh, you know, it's it's not easy. And, and our kids just have to, with young kids that we have, we just have to mentally prepare for just that team, not worry about next week, not worry about Saturday, not worry about anything but, but Elmhurst right now. And, and uh, that's really what we've stressed with them. How tough was last year? You guys were clearly at the table at one point with an interesting resume, really strong SOS, and as we said, one less win, one more loss than you currently reside at. How difficult, uh, really two more losses, I should say, how difficult was it to miss out on the tournament? Well, it was disappointing for our kids, obviously, and, and uh, the coaching staff, but you know, it, it, we had we had a, a couple bad losses in there, and especially mid to late season that uh, was disappointing, and I think that probably hurt us more than anything. And and we didn't have that this year. You know, our two losses in conference obviously were to a terrific Augustana team, and, and we have played through the conference and and against some very 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 quality teams in our conference. I mean, I. I you know, you finish first or second or third or wherever in this league. I mean, you're the top four teams are very good, and if you can get in there, I mean, you've done extremely well. And we've just been fortunate uh, to do that this year and go through without any losses other than to Augustana both times. And so, you know, we just have to continue to move forward and uh, and see what happens uh, this weekend. Um, let's talk about the schedule. As I said, insane SOS of 597, which is really ridiculously high. You look at your schedule. You played Mountain Union, who was in the regional and national conversation. Chicago, the same. Aurora, the same. Platteville, who's about 500, but right in the middle of a tough WIAC. Alma, who has emerged this year as one of the better teams in the MIAC. Stevens Point, certainly, you know, defending national champs, just you know, not as what they used to be. Albion. Certainly not a bad team. Hartwick's usually been pretty good. Center's good. Benedictine, as I said, ended up being the CCIW killer. You really loaded up that out-of-conference schedule, and I and I said this jokingly to you before we took the air. Have you thought about not scheduling as many tough teams? <laughs> I would I would like to schedule a few easier teams, obviously. Sure. But uh, it didn't work out that way for us. Obviously, our tournament in Florida... Uh, they picked the teams for us, right. and we, you know, I mean, they were quality teams. Yeah. I thought from from uh, we've played, we had played center before. It's, it's been a uh, three or four years ago, but Hartwick, we've never played, and that was, you know, that's a good experience for our kids to play out outside of our region. Uh, while we were down there, uh, like you said, the Wisconsin State schools always tough. I mean, you you always. You know, it's a 50-50 with them whether you really want to play a state school out of there because they're so good. <laughs> but at the same time, I always feel like it helps our kids. I mean, it, it, it's going to make them better. And then, you know, we, Aurora Benedictine are, are close to us, so we, you know, that's natural for us to play. It saves us money also. And, you know, they've we've always played since I've been here and, and will continue, I think. And, you know, they've had, uh, both of them have had tremendous years this year, especially Benedictine. I mean, they're, they were having a fantastic year. So, the uh, 
Alma was a new game for us. It was over there. I mean, I thought our kids played well. It just early in the season, uh, we were ahead at one point, especially late, and got away from us. They hit a shot. Uh, we had a chance actually to win the game, but uh, didn't fall for us. Um, you know, it just Albion has always been good. So you know, our schedule is is what it is, and you know, we can't we couldn't have changed it. So <laughs> we just had to go on ahead and played it. And like I said, I really think it helped us. So Dave, grow up as a team. I mean, sure. I, I you know, I think uh, when you do that, you have to have strong leadership from your seniors. And I, I really felt like we. You know, you're not sure going in, but after being through the season, I really feel like we've had tremendous leadership. Well, certainly uh, an impressive resume that you guys bring to the table. Obviously second in the conference. should point out Illinois Wesleyan's on the other side of this who will take, take on Augustana. Of course, Illinois Wesleyan 13-12, and 7-7 overall. Coach, just what's made this team click? What's been the key parts to this team? You know, I, I think uh, there's the, – a lot of different things, but it, it's something that, I mean, if you just looked at stats, you'd see that, you know, there's four kids that are in double figures averaging mm-hmm. scoring, but there's two others that are almost in double figures. So it's not like that you can just say, okay, we need to stop our inside player. We need to stop our wing. We need to stop our guard. Because somebody, it seems like every night it's somebody different that, that has stepped up and made a contribution in a, in a positive manner. Uh, where maybe a, you know somebody that had a great night the night before doesn't have something, but somebody else steps in, and and uh, they're they're accepting their roles, and defensively they're continuing to get better and better. Uh, we just need to stay hungry, and I think that's the biggest thing is matching, being hungry, and matching everybody's in, uh, intensity. Winner, or should say, if you were to unfortunately lose, would, do you have plans to watch the, the bracket show with the team on Monday? Uh, you know, I haven't thought that far ahead. Um, uh, I would guess so, but I, I don't know. I, you know, I, like I said earlier, all I'm worried about is Elmer's right sure. now. No, I know, so but I, I can't. You can never look past that, and, yeah. uh, uh, and that's what our focus has been on. So, you know, maybe maybe on Sunday, you call me, I'll give you an answer. <laughs> I might just do that if I find the time. Well, Coach, <laughs> thanks so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Uh, tremendous season, to say the least. Uh, good luck this weekend. Obviously, Elmer's ahead of you here on Friday. Uh, and championship on Saturday if needed. As always, though, we give the coach the uh, final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning in? Uh, not really. I appreciate uh, all you do, and I uh, appreciate having me on. Thank you, Thanks, Coach. Dave. Absolutely. Yep. Thank you. Todd Raritan from uh, number 11 North Central. Again, they'll take on Elmhurst on Friday night uh, at Rock Island, the tournament taking place at Augustana. They'll either face Augustana and Illinois Wesleyan after that should they win. Of course, all those teams they faced just in the last month of the regular season. Of course, I want to thank Coach Todd Raritan for joining us on the City of Salem Skype hotline. Of course, or I should say just the hotline, wasn't Skype. Uh, City of Salem, the host of the Division Three Men's uh, Championship weekend for the uh, 20th consecutive year. They'll hand out their 19th Men's Championship coming up here in March. Get your tickets today. When we come back, we'll answer some of your questions. Still ahead, we'll talk to the winner of Salisbury and Mary Washington in the CAC semifinals. And we'll break down what exactly the SOS means with our math expert, Matt Snyder. That's all ahead here on Hoopsville. You'll listen to Hoopsville presented by D3Hoops.com. For the WBCA and ABC studios, more Hoopsville right after this. With every basket and every stop, the skill of elite student-athletes will be on display. The sights, the sounds, the intensity of an NCAA championship. 
It all comes down to this moment, and the winner takes it all. Be there to share the experience with your family and friends. The 2016 NCAA Division III Men's Basketball Championship, March 18th and 19th at Salem Civic Center in Salem, Virginia. Visit NCAA.com tickets to score your championship seats today. The love of the game. But for those of us who are Division III student-athletes, it's more than that. A lot more. Sure, the game is important. But as we work so hard to build both mind and body, it's more about team. That is why NCAA Division III teamed up with Special Olympics. And in giving the gift of sport to those for whom it seemed an impossible dream, we are working to make this a better world. Help us keep that dream alive. You can make a difference. College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum, it's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor's Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE-logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that college basketball built. I used to never really talk. Ever. Uh, I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. It helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Hope you're enjoying the show. We've been jam-packed, as we promised you. If you've got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, hoopsville at d3hoops.com. Join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Of course, Hoopsville presented by d3hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC studios. A uh, couple quick things coming up. We're not done yet. we got two more segments at least. We're going to hear from the CAC um, men's semi-final winner between Salisbury and Mary Washington that has just gone final. Salisbury defeats Mary Washington 83-78, I believe. I'm, I'm looking at live stats here. Uh, according to my text, there's 1.3 seconds left. So uh, it may not be totally final, but it looks like we'll be talking to Salisbury's Andy Sachs coming up here. They will take on the winner of Christopher Newport versus St. Mary's. That game is about halfway through. We'll get you a scoring update on that. Also talk to Matt Snyder. Our numbers guru, our uh, strength of schedule guru. We'll talk to him about the strength of schedule and some aspects of that. We'll also answer your questions. If you have them, fire them at us at D3Hoopsville and hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. Join us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Uh, one of the questions, I actually responded to it um, on email, but I'll respond to it now, was a question regarding North Central. Why did it take me so long to put them in my top 25? You know, a lot of people point out their strength of schedule. Listen, the strength of schedule is great. You can have the best strength of schedule in the world and be over. Does that mean you're a top 25 team? Uh, I know that's an extreme example, but my point being, and by the way, it is final 8378 from Seagull. So we'll be hearing from St. Mary's here shortly. Um, actually, going to hear from them momentarily. Hold on. Doing this a little bit on the fly, but what I was basically saying was, you know, it, it, 
because they had a great strength of schedule is wonderful. But if they weren't winning, I was leery. They didn't have a great start. Remember, we talked about that at the beginning. A lot of tough games and a bunch of, not a bunch of losses, but losses. And every time I was about to buy into North Central, they'd take another loss or there'd be an outcome that I really wasn't all that sure about. So from my point of view, I was nervous about North Central. Great SOS, but wasn't winning enough games. We're losing too many games. And so I wasn't ready to buy into North Central. They won some games late in the season. They got Elmhurst a second time. That's the kind of stuff I finally uh, accepted and bought into, especially in a parity year, especially in a year where a lot of teams are winning games. It's tough to kind of nail down who are the good teams. And, and strength of schedule is nice and all, but it's not all that in a bag of chips if you can't win games. And believe it or not, it's why North Central missed out on the NCAA tournament last year. Great SOS. Didn't get the job done when it came to enough wins. Um, another quick question was, has, does Virginia Wesleyan have the longest active NCAA tournament streak in men's basketball? I think the answer is no, but I'm not positive, Andrew. I need to double check it. I have that up in front of me. We'll get to that in just a minute. In the meantime, we told you we would go to the winner of the CAC semifinals. I've gone to this cold, so hopefully Coach Andy Sachs is joining us on the City of Salem hotline. Coach, are you there? I'm here, Dave. Oh, I love when a plan comes together. Uh, first <laughs> I'm and glad I'm talking to you, Dave. Yes. First and <laughs> foremost, congratulations on the win. Hard fought. Thanks. Mary Washington, I was watching on Twitter yeah, and live stats, they got really made it tight. Players. And, they, you, know, as, you know, I know you mentioned it on Hoopsville, you know, a few nights ago. I mean, they, they don't have a singer to plays, and they're going to be really, really good next year. they got a really good uh, junior and sophomore class and probably the best freshman in the league. Well, congratulations on the win. You're right. Mary Washington certainly emerging. And, and now I know you're listening to the show. I should I should take note of that more often and sneak some Easter eggs <laughs> in there to see if you're paying attention. Uh, 83-78 came down to the end. Um, quickly, I'm looking at your stats. Uh, you guys shot 45% from the floor, 52% from beyond the arc, 14-27. That is insane. I think I remember seeing that at the Hoopsville <laughs> Classic. We, we Sir. didn't duplicate that, but we, we, we certainly tried. I mean, we, we have some guys that can shoot the basketball, and, and Jeter's really had a great year for us, too. And, you know, I have six seniors that uh, that, that want to go back to the NCAA tournament, even without Wyatt. So I think, you know, like I told you earlier in the year, you know, we've accepted it and moved on, and, and these guys have really come together, and they've, they've all played a lot better and, and uh, set their game up. Um, obviously a big win here. You guys are sitting in a nice spot in the regional rankings, but a win here at least secures an extra uh, game into your resume, maybe gets you a, a, a bid against, or I should say, maybe a game against Christopher Newport. We don't know the outcome of that just yet. But right. how important was it to get to the CAC finals in your mind? Well, I mean, as you know, a couple of years ago when I was at Bethany, we got upset, and you know, there, I don't take anything for granted after being third in the region and not getting into the tournament. So I, I think, you know, obviously we're going to play, but, you know, if we play Newport, We'll be the number five team in the country, and uh, uh, from my understanding, we have the hardest SOS in the region going into the uh, end of this week. So, you know, we played a really tough out of conference schedule. We got good wins against Sales and Wooster and Virginia Wesleyan and Southern Vermont. You know, Southern Vermont, I'll be honest with you, is one of the toughest teams we played all year. They're really good, and um, you know, and, and obviously Christopher Newport and our, our conference is really good too. But I mean, our league had a really good out of conference. Uh, scheduled this year, and they play well at a conference. So, you know, I, I think we do deserve to have two teams to go in, to be honest with you. I really do. Um, it, obviously, it's been a while since I've seen you in person. Um, you, you're, you you know, I saw you at the Hoopsville Classic, and as you said, you know, guys came out of there kind of on fire, played pretty well, hit a bit of a lull spot in the middle of the season uh, with losses to Christopher Newport, Penn State, Harrisburg, in two out of three games, then lost to St. Mary's 
the beginning of January after your trip to Puerto Rico and then got back on, then lost to York and Christopher Newport yet again. You've had these fits and famines a little bit during the season. Tell us, though, what, what has been the trials and tribulations this year? Well, I, I think, you know, there's two things for us. You know, we really don't have a post guy. So, you know, I, I've kind of forced Gordon into into doing something that he that he doesn't really want to do, but he does it for the team. And, and you know, and, and we try to spread you out. So, you know, you know that's part of the issue. And the other, you know, our point guard play has been kind of spotted. But when, we, when our point guards play well, we're, we're pretty good. And, you know, Adrian, you know, and I, I love him to death. You know, he's he's been inconsistent, but he also leads the league in steals. And part of that is how we play. But, you know, he's had a, he had a couple games with no assists, and that's not what point guards do. So when he plays pretty well, we're, we're pretty good. Um, back in the in the national rankings at number twenty three, does that is that a significance for you guys? Is that something that you're proud of after kind of being there earlier this season and then falling off? Yeah, I mean, again, I, I think at the beginning of the year, you know, losing Wyatt, I mean, they all kind of looked at each other. You know what? Everybody's got to get better, and uh, we had that good start. We played we played a tough schedule, and uh, you know, we had some tough losses. The home losses are the really killers for us with, with St. Mary's and in Harrisburg, but. You know, we beat some good teams, and I think we played a really hard out-of-conference schedule, which I want to do every year, and, you know, I, th- I think certainly we deserve to be one of the 62 teams in the NCAA tournament. So being being 23 or third in the region, that's great. We, we just want a chance to compete for a national championship. Um, talking to Andy Sachs here, Salisbury men's basketball coach. They defeated Mary Washington tonight just just a few minutes ago, eighty three seventy eight, uh, to advance to the finals of the CAC tournament. They have t- they'll take on either Christopher Newport or St. Mary's. Uh, last check, Christopher Newport leading that game twenty seven twenty four. Minute eight left in the first half, so obviously a lot of basketball to be played. Of course, you've lost both games to Christopher Newport, and you split the season with St. Mary's. What do you expect right. out of either of these two teams? Let's start with Christopher Newport. What would you expect from them? Uh, in a game on Saturday? Uh, very physical. Uh, I think you're going to see two really good defensive teams that we, that we saw last time here at our place. You know, we, you know, we're you know we're up two with, with 10 seconds to go, and they got three shots at the basket, and we, we had a foul with one second left, and they hit two free throws, and, and you know, Adrian fouled out, and then uh, you know, they, they closed it out at the end for us. But I think you're going to see two really good defensive basketball teams um, you know, very physical play, and, and you know, hopefully some some real good play. I mean, they have three really good players. I mean, I voted for all three of those guys first team all conference, so they have three really good players, and they have good guys coming off the bench. I mean, they, they're they're really good, and that's why they're fifth in the country. But I think we're pretty good too. And you know, as you said, you know, it's hard to beat a good team three times. And you know, if they got to do that, it's fine. And St. Mary's, I mean, we don't know how Chris has done. You know, over the years, he's been really good. They're really young this year, but you know, Brooks is healthy now for them. He's playing really well, and. You know they got Donya Jackson back from it. It was a Navy transfer. It was they've been there for a couple of years, so they're, they're going to be good too. And, and um, you know whoever we play, you know we're just just proud to be in the finals. Uh, so let's talk about this game against Mary Washington again. Um, what was it about this that you guys were able to take advantage of? Clearly, this was a team that wasn't going to go away without a fight. But what 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 did you guys try to take advantage of against Mary Washington that we, that seemed we, to work? We we try to take away, try to get some mismatches. Um, you know. They really had trouble guarding Gordon uh, off the bounce, and, and we got we got him up a little bit. And, you know, sometimes with those same guys in the lane to take away the drives, and he's, he's such a versatile player that he can he can hit the three point shot. And again, when we get when they drive the basketball, you know, it creates a lot of help. We had guys that can really shoot the three, and that's why we shot the three so well tonight. Um, so we, we just try to take away mismatches, and and you know, if they help, we got wide open threes. We have guys that can do that. Do you, are, can you resign to yourself at all that you're probably in the NCAA tournament at this point, number three in the region? It's pretty hard 
to imagine you guys can't well, get in that what do, large. What bit. do you think? What do you think? I I think you're in. Okay. Um, but I mean, <laughs> it's crazy. But can you can you at all in any way, even if you were a lock, feel comfortable about it? No, I I, I was there a couple years ago when we didn't get in. We were twenty one and four, so it's um. I think we played a harder schedule than it at Bethany, but I just you know you know how things go. I mean, upsets happen, and you just you know. I think for us, I think we deserve to go, and you know, but I don't, I don't, you know, I don't take anything for granted. We we still have not a game to play on Saturday. So this season's been kind of crazy. Yeah, the you know, coach uh, goes off to Randolph Macon. Um, you brought in. This is your alma mater. You take over a program that's got a lot of potential, high expectations. You lose your best player in the preseason due to just nagging injuries that eventually needed to just be taken care of, plain and simple. Um, right. So the expectations maybe drop a little bit. You guys don't really have a lot of pressure on you. You come out of the Hoopsville Classic 2-0. Um, mm-hmm. You're competing in the C- the CAC. You have your ups and your downs all season. What's it been like for you, especially your first year back at your alma mater? It's, it, it's been great. We had a great crowd tonight. We had great student support. And, you know, we just want to try to build on what they did last year, as I told you earlier in the year. And, again, I think all the guys came together and said, I mean, this is, you know, you know, they want the program to keep moving forward. And, you know, when I left here in 92, you know, we were 20-2, and two and we're really, really good. We're number two in the country and lost in lead eight. And, honestly, that I, I, I can remember vividly. And uh, I want to get back there, and I want to, I want to get the program back at a national level where we're competing for, you know, an NCAA tournament bid every single year. I don't, I don't want to be, you know, 14 and 11 anymore. I don't. I want the program to be 18, 19, 20 wins a year, and, and I think we can do that here. Uh, obviously, your first season in the CACU, it's not like you're not unfamiliar with it, and I don't mean, I mean in the coaching realm. Um, it's a different conference. You know, this used to be St. Mary's and the juggernaut. Wesley was the juggernaut. Christopher right. Newport entered and certainly made the conference a lot deeper. But it's Salisbury's reemerged in the last two years. They hadn't been in this conversation since the mid to late 90s. Um, right. Mary Washington obviously carried the mantle a couple of years ago and then has fallen on harder times just due to the fact that there's a transitional period. Sure. Southern Virginia was in the mix at one point. So Penn State Harrisburg was in the mix at one point, Marymount yeah, yeah, seems to be yeah. on the edge. What's the future of this conference? How do we read into this? I, well, conference? I mean, I, I think I think if you look at you know our the out of conference record for our conference teams, I think you'll see a conference that's certainly one of the top, you know, certainly in the top tier in the NCAA. I mean, you know, um, you know how you know Virginia Western was one of four against this in our, in our league this year. They beat Southern Virginia, they lost to us, they lost to Wesley, they lost to Mary Washington, lost to Newport. So. You know, as long as all the coaches schedule hard and we try to play the best teams we can possibly play, you know, we want to try to keep our power. But but it's a really good league. In my opinion, getting out, I'll be biased. I think it's a multiple bid league every year. In my opinion, I mean, look, Marcus took a Cabrini to a national championship. I mean, they're going to be really good next year. Newport's got pretty much everybody back again. You know, I'm losing the six guys. I got Wyatt coming back next year. You know, York's had everybody come back. They have the best big kid in the league. Harrisburg's not a lot. I mean, and then St. Mary's is young. They lose Brooks and Jacks, but they got a lot of uh, a young fresh. So the league is really good. There's no gimmies. Um, you know, Southern Virginia is going to be good. You know, they got a lot of older guys. So um, it's a good league. You know, it's you know, I'll be honest, it's better than the pack. Um, but the pack's got good teams. And the St. Vincent's really good. You know, Bethany had a good year this year. I know they just lost to Thomas Moore, but they had a really good year. Um, it's yeah. You know what? It could be an insane year next year. That that York Center. Oh wow! It's great. He's great it's talent. Great, great I mean, talent. It's great. And Mary Washington's got a great building. Obviously, you know Newport does. 
You know, but again, the building's great, Dave, but, you know, you want to fill what you have. And, and you, know, you go to Wesley with 400 people in there, you can't breathe. Yeah, you know? that's the truth. It, you know, so it, they're all hard places to play. And uh, But that's what you want. You want to play at a high level in college basketball. And I certainly think this conference brings that to the table. Well, Coach, I'm pretty sure you'd rather be doing anything but talk to me right this minute. You'd probably like to go celebrate this <laughs> Dave, win. Dave, actually, I, I, when Tim said we're going to do it, I, I wanted to talk to you. Okay, so that's good. It meant it was a good sign, right, Coach? Yeah. Well, thanks so much for joining me on the show. Really appreciate it. I appreciate Uh, it. And and as always, I give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning in? You know, I think what you do for Division Three Hoops, Dave, is is, is beyond reproach, and and I appreciate everything you've done. I know a lot of the college basketball fans that that follow this level certainly appreciate it, too. Well, thank you, Andy. I really appreciate that. You got it. Good luck this weekend. We'll talk to you soon. All right, brother. Thanks, man. Andy Sachs joining us on the Hoopsville Hotline, presented by the City of Salem. Of course, City of Salem, the host of the Division III Men's Basketball Championship weekend for the 20th consecutive year, 19th championship title handed out. If you've heard that and don't know that, remember, in 2013, we handed out the title in Atlanta after hosting the Elite Eight and Final Four in Salem. Uh, Get your tickets today to head to the Roanoke Valley. I will be there. Why wouldn't you come and hang out with us? Uh, We'd love to see you there. Get your tickets today. City of Salem, host of our Hotline here on Hoopsville. A couple quick notes from that game today. I want to thank Tim Brennan, by the way, for sending these notes along. Sports Information Director at Salisbury. A good man who suggested this idea and coordinated uh, with uh, Clint often at Mary Washington to get one of the winning coaches on the show. Really appreciate it. Salisbury was 6 for 10 to start the game from beyond the arc from six different players. Uh, Three ties, five lead changes just in the first half. Um, By the way, that three-point shooting from Salisbury reminds me of the Hoopsville Classic. Uh, They were insane insane in their second game um let's see uh, mary washington took a 51 49 lead in the second half and salisbury went on a 9-3 lead or 9-3 run which gave them the lead for good uh was cut down to two with less than 30 seconds left but salisbury was able to hold on they ended up shooting 14 of 27 as we mentioned from beyond the arc uh chad bars Barsikowski, uh 15 of 30 uh made 15 of the last 31 three-pointers over the last six games insane Salisbury led by Gordon Jeter with 17 Brad uh, Barsikowski with 15 Justin Whitmer with 13 and Justin May with 10 we're going to take a break when we come back we're going to break into what this SOS really means what does this number actually represent we'll talk to Matt Snyder about it uh, and have a conversation with him. You're listening to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA NABC studios we'll be back with more Hoopsville right after this For the love of the game, that's what it's all about, they say. But for those of us who are Division III student-athletes, it's more than that. It's more about team and the schools and communities we represent. And for the many of us blessed with the strength to compete in sport at the college level, we understand that with what we were given comes a special obligation. An obligation to help those who have their own special needs and whose love for the game is no less intense. That is why NCAA Division III teamed up with Special Olympics. Since August of 2011, we and others from Division III campus communities have volunteered more than a quarter million hours, time away from the classroom and practice field, reaching across the country to coach and mentor Special Olympics athletes. And to learn that in giving, we receive so much more in return. Help us keep that dream alive. Be part of it. Get involved. You can make a difference. Division 3 allows you to give yourself to other things. Having that free time allows me to pursue the things that I want to pursue. 
Division III athletics affords students the opportunity to you know, engage in the other interests in their campus and in their lives outside of that sport. It allows you to just be able to do everything you want to do. Kyle wouldn't change it for the world. College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum, it's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor's Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that College Basketball built. I'm a Division III student athlete, and I know how powerful words can be. The term gay doesn't mean stupid, lame, or less than. So I pledge to speak up if I hear the term gay used in a derogatory way or any other homophobic terms. If you can play, you can play in Division III. I'm a Division III student athlete, and my teammates unconditionally accepted me as part of their family. So now I pledge to do the same for others. If you can play, you can play in Division One. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games, leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.D3Hoops.com. Welcome back to Hoopsville. If you presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA NABC studios. If you've got any questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoops or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. Join us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Of course, we're also on Instagram at D3Hoopsville as well. We have a chat room on the YouTube page, but to be honest, it's hard to monitor, but no one's in there anyway, so it really doesn't matter. Um, I want to thank all of our guests so far. we got one more guest coming up. We're also going to try and answer your questions. we basically got about 30 minutes left in the show, and then we're going to call it a night. Uh, don't forget programming notes. Sunday, we'll be on the air at 6 o'clock Eastern time. Probably going to go about four or five hours because we'll break down who we think's in the men's and women's tournaments. We will not bracket on the show as much as some people have found that exciting. Uh, we have things to do, including myself. I will be the analyst once again for the NCAA's announcements of the men's and women's brackets on Monday morning, which means I have an early start on Monday means we can't stay up late on Sunday, but Pat Coleman and I will, uh, and others will select the teams we think make the NCAA tournament. Pat will then do that work with others overnight to bracket them. Uh, as much as I enjoy bracketing, to be honest with you, I just need to get ready for other things the next day. Uh, of course, don't forget on the men's side, we were 19 for 19 last year on the women's side, 18 for 20. So, you know, we got a bit of a reputation to live up to, to say the least, though. I will freely admit, I think this year will be insanely Difficult, insanely difficult, to say the least. Uh, quickly, before we get to our next guest, want to go through some scores from around Division Three. I've uh, been watching the John Carroll Mount Union game. Uh, Mount Union has been leading for most of it, but John Carroll has uh, now come back and taken the lead. Uh, hold on, looking for 63-55, 13-17 left to go. Uh, Marietta defeated Baldwin-Wallace earlier, 91-66. So Marietta will move on to face either John Carroll or Mount Union in the OAC Championship. Johnson & Wales leads Emanuel 
North Carolina Wesleyan and Averett, Nip and Tuck, 39-32 at halftime. Uh, St. Vincent and Westminster, same score at halftime. Uh, with St. Vincent leading the way. Other quick score updates: East Texas Bible or East Texas Baptist gets past Mary Harden Baylor, 70 to 64 in the quarterfinals of that of that uh, SCAC tournament. They play f um, three games. Uh, we mentioned Salisbury defeating Mary Washington. We're keeping an eye on the uh, Christopher Newport game. Uh, Christopher Newport's got a two-point lead on St. Mary's at halftime. No other scores jumping out quickly on the women's side. Uh, that we know of. Some of these games are in action. We don't have scores, but others. Uh, St. Thomas leads Concordia Moorhead. Five minutes left in the third quarter, 39-28. Ohio Northern is trailing Baldwin-Wallace, 61-56. 127 left to go in the game. We will keep an eye on that one. Upset alert there. Baldwin-Wallace could ruin Ohio Northern's day. We just had Michelle Durand on the show earlier, as you might remember. Mary Washington defeated Christopher Newport, 77-63. This could put Christopher Newport women on a bit of a tenuous bubble, though I still think they're going to get in. Maryville, easy time with Meredith right now, 70-40 to 40 with six seconds left to go in the game. Mount Union leads Capital in a thriller, 67-64, 4-44, five left to go in the fourth. Uh, I think there's other ones, but we'll get back to them later. Let's get to our next guest since he's so, been so kind to stay on hold. And again, we're monitoring the game. Baldwin Wallace leads Ohio Northern, 63-58. Uh, upset alert there, 20 seconds left. Ohio Northern, the number 10 team in the country, might lose. Of course, when we talk about at-large teams and we talk about at-large bids and we talk about the criteria, there's a lot of talk about the SOS. What is the SOS? What is the strength of schedule? We know it's the opponent winning percentage and the opponent opponent winnings percentage, two-thirds to one-third. We know there's a multiplier, but what really goes into the nuts and bolts of that? And I figured, you know what, today might be the perfect time since we now have our final regional rankings in, we're going to be talking selections to so talk to the guy who has finally figured out the NCAA math and he can post us live SOS numbers if we need them at any time. And that is Matt Snyder. I call him our strength of schedule guru. Matt, welcome to Hoopsville, sir. Thanks for having me, Dave. Absolutely. Appreciate you taking the time. Um, the long and the short of it is the SOS, obviously, is strength of schedule by name is trying to describe or give a quantitative number to what exactly is a team doing when they're playing. Are they playing a tough schedule, an okay schedule, a lousy schedule? That's the layman's way of it, but I'm sure there's an, a better way to describe it. How would you describe what the SOS really is? Well, I think first and foremost, um, it's what it's trying to do there is provide the... Um, NCAA selection committees with a consistent and kind of transparent formula for, for judging strength, uh, schedule strength. You know, in the past we had the uh, QOWI formula and that was pretty bad. Um, this is trying to give us an actual look into the strength of schedule um, of those teams. Now it's opponent winning percentage, two thirds, plus opponent, yep. opponent winning percentage, one third. In women's and men's basketball, that's the basics. The men add a multiplier. We'll talk about that in a minute. But what they're basically trying to do there, Matt, from a layman's point of view, is say, okay, hey, great schedule you played, but we're not dumb enough to give you credit for playing teams who may have really good schedules against really bad teams. Correct. Yeah, that's why they throw in that second um, OWP uh, component in there. That's just kind of a, a, a double check so that you're not um, – basing your whole schedule on beating up uh, maybe good teams and bad conferences, 
that there's some sort of a checking balance there to make sure that the teams you're beating are also beating other teams um, in the mix as well. Quick uh, side note, by the way, final score, Baldwin-Wallace defeats Ohio Northern 65-58 in women's basketball. Just trying to get that out of the way, so a big upset there tonight that will burst some bubbles in women's basketball. All right, so, you know, on the women's side, it's pretty cut and dry. Actually, we on D3 Hoops can put that together because it's relatively easy. It does only count Division three games, we should point out. But on the men's side, they add a multiplier, Matt, and this is where things get a little bit more interesting. Um, it used to be 1.4 for, for an away game. Now it's 1.25 uh, for the uh, home game. It used to be uh, 0.6 for the away. and uh, I mean, let me try that again. It used to be 1.4 for the away game. Now it's 1.25. It used to be uh, 0.6 for the away uh, home game. Now it's 0.75. What is I, I know on a layman's point of view that they're, what they're trying to do there is basically say, listen, we're going to reward you for playing some away games here, and not necessarily reward you for playing home games. But from your point of view, what are they what are they trying to accomplish? Um, yeah, I think they're trying to get teams um, out of their home gyms a little bit more and not just load up on uh, you know home tournaments early in the season. Um, or bring in non-conference schedules to their place, um, but to get on the road and play some of those tough teams. Um, so yeah, what they're doing there is if you're if you're playing a team that's um, you know 20 and five and you're playing them on the road, they're going to apply that 1.25 multiplier to those 20 wins and five losses and kind of scale that um, that strength of schedule component upwards so that impacts your uh, team's strength of schedule more than a home game would. Talking to Matt Snyder here, and my uh, headset is quietly going dead on me. So forgive me while I uh, drag my heels a little bit to switch out the uh, batteries so I can hear what Matt's having to say there. Um, Matt, you know, the, the multiplier has been through some some changes and all that. Is Is the multiplier a smart decision in some ways? Is it something that is actually helpful in the way that they're trying to implement it? In other words, is it is it is it? Does it accomplish the goal they're trying to set out to do? Um, I definitely think that in theory the multiplier is a great idea because we all know that playing um, the same team on the road is a lot more difficult than playing them um, at your own place. Um, so I think conceptually that's great. Um, I'm not convinced that it's actually being implemented in the best way, but we do see that it is generally rewarding teams that are playing um, more road games than home games. Is there any way you'd you'd implement it differently? I mean, would you tweak the number? Maybe would you adjust something about it? What what would you do? Um, yeah, I would. I still think it's a little bit heavy handed. Um, like you were saying, it, it was originally one point four a few years back when they implemented that, and that was way too much. I think we saw that right away. I would maybe go with like a one point one or one point one five instead of a one point two five. That's sort of a maybe a minor tweak, but I think it's a little heavy handed. Um, I would also like to see the way it, um, it's applied uh, on a per-game component basis uh, to be against the percentage instead of the win-loss total. Um, don't want to get too far into the numbers there, but um, I think the way they're doing it now um, isn't really rewarding teams for playing road games so much as it's just weighing the road portion of their schedule more than the home portion. Interesting. I know you and I have talked a lot about that, and yeah, that we're going to get really inside baseball if we go far into that one. I don't <laughs> want to kind of give everybody, if you ever want to talk to Matt, he's on Twitter. Uh, there's a couple ways to follow you, by the way. Which one would you, FFTMAG, or is it Snyder underscore Matthew? Either of them good? 
Um, the Division Three basketball, mostly at FFTMAG. Um, the Snyder underscore Matthew is going to get you a lot of Detroit Tigers baseball and bad dad jokes. Well, I, as, a, as a dad myself, sir, um, and one who likes to tell good jokes and been told they're bad, I'm okay with those. Uh, <laughs> as a Cubs fan... I'm not going to follow you, uh, as a Detroit, so forget it. So I'm going to go with the. Uh, I'm going to split my my money and go FFTMAG. Um, so listen, what what? So listen, you know when we listen talk about Division One, one of the things everyone talks about is RPI, and one thing I know is that RPI technically exists in Division Three, but the one thing I always hear is that MP, uh, RPI is hard to use in Division Three because there isn't as much of a national crossover as we see in Division I, um, meaning North Carolina is playing US, UCLA. That's a common game in Division I basketball. It's not common to see Christopher Newport play Whitworth in Division Three. So what is, is the SOS trying to replicate the RPI, though, in a way that is similar, or is it a very different number trying to do the same thing? Um, I think the SOS is different than the RPI. Um, it is a, com a component of the RPI. So from the SOS, you could add in the winning percentage and get the RPI. Um, but, yeah, I think there's always the question in Division Three is um, about whether or not there's enough cross-pollination um, across the regions. Obviously, there's not as many... Puerto Rico tournaments or um, uh, or what have you. Only really the D3Hoops.com tournament draws teams from around um, around the country. So there's a question with RPI and even things like the Massey ratings, whether or not they're a really accurate picture picture of the national landscape of Division Three. Um, I think that's a fair a fair question. Um, if have you been able to do the math on a national RPI? And see if it does resonate in Division Three. And you're all right to say um, no to me. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think you know just my uh, my data sorting. I usually go by RPI just because I think it's a kind of a standard way to combine the two, and I don't have to think about it. Um, and that usually does a pretty good job of approxim approximating most regions' regional rankings and approximating the selections come Selection Monday. Um, but you know, it's not perfect. There's a lot of other tweaks they do. There's a lot of other criteria they try to look at. Um, but I think just to kind of get an original smell test or initial smell test, I think it kind of passes as far as what the committees are sort of doing with teams. Okay, so the SOS is one of the main criteria. Obviously, there's a lot of primary criteria. There's SOS, there's wins-loss, <clears throat> excuse me, results versus regionally ranked opponents, head-to-head, -head, common opponents, there's secondary criteria, which includes overall record i mean we can go through the whole list the sos becomes a primary talking point matt as you know because when we when we look at these teams the easiest way to evaluate a team is look at their win loss look at their sos look at their results versus regionally ranked opponents that's the data that comes out from the ncaa the rest of it takes a lot of homework you know to compare schedules to compare head-to-heads to compare common opponents and the like so sos and win loss in the conversation gets a ton of attention. And when we look at the regional rankings, we try, we tend to quantitate well, a lot of those decisions based on SOS or win-loss, when in reality, the committee is using plenty of other criteria and information to make those decisions. Is the SOS in your mind, by us, the layperson, or those outside the committee, being used too much in conversation? I think it's about right. Um, I 
I usually favor a more heavy approach to the SOS just because I think there's a big difference between, um, say, your guests of North Central from the CCIW and, and Lancaster Bible. They have a, a huge, massive disparity in strength of schedule. We're talking like one of the best in Division Three and one of the couple worst in Division Three, And I think that's a pretty big gulf there. So I think that's I, I think we need to make sure that is weighing on a significant difference when we're talking about uh, whether teams are in or whether teams are not or where they're ranked. One of the things last year that we heard was that there were the men especially were using this .03 difference in SOS would equate to two games. I got two questions, two avenues to, to follow you on this. The first one is just quickly get your point of view. I read something on the, the boards the other day that you said .02 uh, games is nice. You'd rather see it not as games. You'd rather see it as a percentage number. And your number was .08, I believe, on the win-loss. Or am, I, am I correct? Yeah, that's correct. So, in other words, if, if a team had a 90% winning percentage and they're up against another team with an 80% winning percentage and there's a difference of two uh, of, of .03 in the SOS, we would change the 90 to .82 and we would change the 80 to .88. Why that number versus two games? I like – so the SOS is sort of a rate, a rate stat, and um, the winning percentage is a rate as well. Uh, when it comes to the um, – a two-game situation, uh, teams are playing different numbers of Division Three games. So some will play um, 27 games, you know, maybe after a conference tournament, maybe even 28, I'm not sure. Um, some teams will only be playing, you know, 22, 23. And so when you're talking about um, those differences, there's a, uh, a rather um, sizable might be the wrong word, but there's a significant difference in winning percentages there. So I think um, if you equate the SOS to maybe a .08 uh, winning percentage differential, then you're you're putting the two on more of an even footing than kind of mixing your counting numbers and your rate numbers. Interesting. Uh, certainly can buy into that completely, though the two games is easier to do math-wise. <laughs> um, <laughs> on the flip side of that, um, last year we heard .03 to two games, but once it got to .06 to four, the committee was telling us they're not quite sure they can just go with a straight line. However, this year the committee seems to be drawing that straight line conversations I've had with all kinds of people around the country and all facets of this start to feel like maybe a bell curve is more appropriate, that at some point this thing's got to peter out and that no matter what your SOS is on the height or the low, that that it can't be a straight line. Do you have an opinion on that? Um, I don't know the right answer. I think it's, it's it seems intuitive that it cannot be a, a straight line at the extremes. So um, you know if you're if you're close to a hundred winning percentage, then you, you're not you're going to break down there. Um, but what it kind of does tell me is that the um, committee is doing an RPI-like calculation, maybe maybe not explicitly, but by making those equations and kind of extending it past 0.03 to 0.06, then they're what they're trying to do is put um, winning percentage and SOS on an even footing. Um, across the board, which I, I, I understand why they're doing that. Obviously, it's nice to put on an even board, but a team like a Lancaster Bible, for example, at some point they, they you know, they can only do what they can do with their SOS. Yes, they can improve their out of out of conference, but they play 18 conference games, and it's only so much they can do with that. Um, it seems a little crazy that we would be ripping eight wins away and giving them eight losses on that two 
to to point oh three when comparing him to a team with a, a much better SOS. That's why I'm kind of curious if if a curve kind of more of a petering it out at some point and even getting to a point to say, okay, listen, once we get to point oh six or you know difference maybe or a point oh nine difference, this is irrelevant. Does does that make sense? Yeah, I think something like that would make sense. Um, my only concern would be, um, you know, unless the committees are given that sort of curve in in an in an equation, you know, at that point it wouldn't be RPI, but it would be something like RPI, and they could have one number to look at that would include kind of that that curve function. Um, I think that might be a little bit more difficult for them to compute on the fly um, during their during their discussions. But yeah, I think something like that does make sense if. Uh, the time was spent to crunch those numbers. Well, I also almost want to say that if they get to a point where the where the dis, the, the discrepancy is so large, they just stop going. Okay, quit doing the math here. This isn't. We got to move on to something else. We can't just flat out give them a a, a change here. You know, at some point we've gone too far. Right. Yeah. Tr- you got to you got to move on to something else at that point. Yeah. I mean, let's stop screwing around with the schedules and butchering the schedules or butchering the records just to make this work. Is what I'm trying to get at. Right. Um, yeah. Is there? You had something fascinating to say. There's a lot of argument on the boards. And by the way, when we talk about the boards, folks, it's d3boards.com. We could use a few extra friends out, uh, out there. It's been a little quiet this year. Um, hold on. I got a quick question. It might have something to do with it. Oh, never mind. Um, so, Curiosity, you had a great statement on the boards the other day when there's a common theme this time of year that the top teams in a conference are punished when they're hosting tournament games. Um, because the multiplier of 0.75 to a to a, a schedule, um, you know, is hurting them. They they don't get the advantage of being on the road per se. And it's funny; it's not something I totally agreed with ever. I understood the sentiment, but I never, you know, I could never formulate an argument back. You had a wonderful point on this. Could you reiterate? And let me reset it, everybody. Everybody basically saying, "Hey, listen, we're Marietta. We're going to host the uh, OAC tournament." Um, and that means we're going to be hosting a couple of games, which means we can't take advantage of the 1.25 multiplier. But what's your counter to that? Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll try to give an example without using too many numbers, but maybe I'll give some numbers. Um, and I'll, I think the original question was about hope because their their uh, their SOS is right around 500, and so they don't really want to risk falling below 500 because they have to host the conference tournament because they won the tournament. They should be rewarded for that. Um, so the example I'll give is they're going to play Trine in that semifinal, who, um, from Hope's perspective, is 15 and seven as far as the OWP component, mm-hmm. um, and that's a .682. So um, the 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 multiplier does not get applied to the .682 and send that down. It gets applied to the 15 and seven, which makes it basically 11 and five or close to that, um, and then that 11 and five. Um, get summed into Hope's SOS. So it still adds a .682 component to raise Hope's SOS. It just won't raise it as strongly as if the um, 1.25 multiplier got added to make it, you know, um, 19 and, and 12 or whatever well, it would have been. Let, so let's, it's, let's, yeah. let's turn that back. So in other words, what you're trying to say is, you're already benefiting for playing the team with an above 500 record. You're already going to boost the SOS. You're either just going to boost it by 0.75 or boost it by 1.25. You're not going to necessarily hurt your SOS. 
Right, as long as you're still playing good teams right. in a in a conference tournament semifinal or final, um, you you're not you have no chance of hurting your FOS. As long as as long as those teams are above 500, it's going to continue to pull your FOS above 500. Okay, so that makes more sense. And so now, okay, so yeah, I mean they're playing at home. Great. It's just that you don't get as big a boost. You're still getting a boost. You're not yes. you're not going to have your SOS go in the opposite direction on you. Is basically what we're trying to get at. And I, I love that point of view. Yeah. Um, don't want to go too much further. I don't know if anybody's had any questions. They've been kind of quiet on the chat rooms, and you know that happens. Uh, I'm quickly checking my email in case something slipped through me here uh, that we missed out on, and I uh, don't see it. Um, so nothing to worry ourselves with. Um, grand scheme of things is SOS. You know what? You said something to me off air earlier today when we talked. You said the SOS is actually not a bad thing. It, it's it's kind of a good measure. It's it's consistent. Yeah, it's um, you know I don't think the SOS implementation gives us a you know maybe quote unquote perfect number, but um, it's been consistent for a few years. The um, formula is pretty simple, although it probably does take a computer to, to calculate it. Um, it's still um, pretty simple and transparent, so all the coaches should understand what it's doing. And I think that's beneficial to have um, something that they can point to in the criteria to say, look, this is the calculation, this is what we're going on, plan your schedules accordingly. Um, it's fair for everyone around the country. And I, I like that aspect that it's clear, it's consistent, and it's become familiar to us. Um, QOWI was a nightmare, clearly. Our SOS has certainly been tweaked and involved and worked its way, and certainly it may go through some more evolutions as we move forward. Um, does it does it work for you? Would you rather see an RPI? Is there any change you'd want to make to the SOS? Um, I would like to see some sort of RPI, um, just because it removes any question about how to combine these two. Uh, I mean, I think they're the two major criteria. Um, winning percentage and strength of schedule. So I would like to see something there. Um, but the biggest thing for me is that it's it's whatever they do is transparent, so we can all see what they're doing. Um, you know, we'd like to see them release more data even. Um, but as long as it's transparent and consistent, you know, that's the first place to start. The second thing to do is, is to make it a little bit better. Um, and I don't have all those answers that's going to take sure. a numbers person to, to, to crunch those and see how can we can make maybe the SOS even more accurate. But, but I, I like at least that it's transparent and consistent. Well, man, I really appreciate you coming on. Obviously, we'll be crunching your numbers uh, when we try and figure things out um, coming up here uh, on Sunday evening. I think you usually hang out in the background firing us information. I have your link automatically up on my, uh, on my bookmarks for my browsers, including the spot where I don't have to go looking for it. I just click right on it. I know you sent that out earlier, and we retweeted it as well. It is good information. And, Matt, I should say this is the first year in several that you, you, you weren't really all that worried about hitting the number on the NCAA. We knew you had it right the first week. Yeah, you know, uh, thanks to some back and forth with you, uh, we were able to figure out that we had that uh, equation solved uh, by the end of last year. So it's good to see that they're um, still plugging along with the same thing and that we can um, accurately predict what they have to say. It's a nice relief, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> last couple of years have been crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, Matt, thank you, first off, for your hard work. Uh, it's great to have a resource like that since it is a difficult math equation to figure out. Uh, and on the flip side, I enjoy hearing your breakdowns. Listen, a lot of us don't agree with uh, with selections on the boards because we're seeing the data differently, which is exactly how the committees are having this conversation. 
Um, and so, you know, your point of view and my point of view and Pat's point of view or somebody else's point of view being all different is exactly what's going on in committee meetings. So it's great to hash it all out. Really appreciate your numbers. Uh, can you let everybody know, though, how often you're going to be updating them between now and the uh, and the end of Sunday night? Yeah, I will be uh, running updates nightly, usually after the last game has happened um, or, you know, once again in the morning if there's a West Coast game involved. And for anyone out there who's looking for some of this data, um, the website I'm putting it on right now is DetroitJockCity.com, and uh, just follow the top link bar to uh, the college tab and then drop that down to Division Three regional ranking data, um, and that's where I'll update it. So every night from here on out through conference tournaments, I think we got, what, four days left till yeah. uh, Election Sunday. So, uh, yeah, every night. Uh, DetroitJockCity.com did not realize what they were getting into when you, uh, when you came on board. That's all I got to say. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Matt, thanks so much. Uh, any, I, I always give the final word to the guest. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning in? No, just thanks for having me on. Thanks for letting me share my data. Um, encourage everyone to support your fundraiser there. I think, um, I think it's a very valuable thing to have uh, your show on Division Three basketball. Well, thanks, Matt. I appreciate that shameless plug by yourself there. Uh, good. Uh, thanks very much. I know you and I will be talking online uh, quite a bit in the next few days uh, to the point of probably talking more to ourselves than our wives. Uh, but, in, <laughs> but in the meantime, thanks so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. All right. Thanks for having me. Matt Snyder joining us. Appreciate it. He crunches the numbers very nicely. FFTMAG uh, is how you can follow him on, uh, tweet, on the tweets. Uh, we certainly follow them quite a bit on the boards. Uh, good information. And again, you can read into this all kinds of different ways. Uh, heartbreaking news for me, folks. Greenville men's basketball lost in the Slyak tournament. Westminster beat them. Killing me. Um, I was rooting on Coach Barber and his Greenville team, but uh, they lost today. Uh, they will not make the NCAA tournament. Um and the Triple C final, <laughs> Roger Williams, a sixth seed, versus Endicott, the fourth seed. Buckle your seatbelts, everybody. <laughs> that one will be interesting. We mentioned the upset, Ohio Northern women's basketball losing tonight. I'm um, trying to see if we got other score updates for you. We're obviously curious about how Christopher Newport did. By the way, you got questions for us for the last few minutes of the show. Tweet us at D3Hoops or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com or join us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Christopher Newport is in a, in a dandy with St. Mary's here. Uh, captain's lead, 43-42, 9.40 left to go. Ramifications of this. Christopher Newport's a lock. They lose, it's a bubble burst. And that includes on Saturday, but really a big bubble if they lose tonight. St. Mary's would advance and Salisbury would host... The uh, game, uh, obviously, that would be pretty big for Salisbury. Should Christopher Newport sol win, Salisbury will go down to them. This is men's basketball, keeping track of that. I had a question earlier about who's been in the tournament the longest straight consecutive year. Is going to have to look it up. Uh, I've got it in front of me, but uh, who was that? Andrew, hold on. We may end up getting you an answer by the end of the night. All right, scores from around the country in men's basketball action. Other updates. John Carroll now leads by 14. 321 left to go, 87-73 on Mount Union. So Mount Union gave him a scare early. Looks like John Carroll will move on. They will take on Marietta, who defeated Baldwin-Wallace 91-66 in a rematch um, in that one. Marietta and John Carroll split the regular No. Did they? Yeah, they split the regular season, right? Yeah. 
Sorry, my brain's a fried. Um, let's see. Johnson and Wales is going to beat Emmanuel. A minute left in that one. They lead 96-75. No surprise there. Um, other scores that jump out at me. We mentioned East Texas Baptist beat Mary Harden Baylor. Um, let's see here. Sorry, my eyes are hurting me just a little bit here. My contacts have been in my eyes just a wee bit too much. Um... St. Vincent beat Westminster 70-65. Endicott defeated Nichols, which we mentioned earlier, 82-80. Remember, Nichols won the regular season. And this is what I was trying to get at, by the way, with uh, with the comment earlier about the Triple uh, C. Nichols had won the regular season, had a tremendous season, fall in the semifinals. Nichols out. Uh, they will not probably not make the NCAA tournament either. I can't imagine they would. Um, so a surprise there as Nichols loses at home in that one. And here's that final that is backwards. Uh, now it looks like it's correct. Westminster beats Greenville 101 to 83. Um, that's on the men's side. Women's side, we mentioned Ohio Northern, the upset. Baldwin Wallace beat them 65 to 58. St. Thomas will avoid the upset. They're going to beat Concordia Moorhead. They lead 65 43 with 320 left to go in that one. Um, good game coming up later. Whitworth versus George Fox in the NWC. That one will tip off in 30 minutes. Um, Mary Washington defeated Christopher Newport. We mentioned that earlier. Uh, New England defeated Endicott, uh, University of New England, uh, by 11. Maryville defeated Meredith rather easily, 70-41. to 41. Bridgewater and Emory and Henry are in a battle starting the fourth quarter, 66-65. Ordak, of course, played four games today. The men will play four games tomorrow. Then they'll have the semifinals of both men and women on Saturday with the championships on Sunday. Um, trying to see if there's any other scores. Lynchburg defeated Virginia Wesleyan earlier. We mentioned that. Farum defeated Methodist. Um, Eastern Mennonite taken out by Washington Lee, 53-48. Tremendous uh, career at Eastern Mennonite coming to an end for their uh, Justin's Award winner from last year. Um, that will end for her career comes to a close. Uh, Johnson and Wales in women's basketball losing to Manuel tonight, 71-61. Of course, those two teams were, I think, tied at first place with St. Joe's, but still Johnson and Wales, who was the best regionally ranked position of those teams losing is going to put them on a bubble. And I don't like their bubble. I don't think they're going to get in that large bit. So Johnson and Wales season may have come to an end tonight. Uh, unfortunately, um, Sage defeated Mount St. Mary to advance on to the, uh, I believe they're going to move on to the skyline finals. I think I've got that timing, right? Marymount defeated York 71 52. So Marymount will take on, um, Mary Washington in the uh, conference championship game in the CAC, and Christopher Newport will hope to get in that large bid. So big up, not a big upset, but a shake. Uh, CAC's been crazy this year on the women's side. They could still conceivably get four teams in, though I doubt. I, I just don't think York's going to be in position to do it, unfortunately. I think York's season may have come to an end, but at one point we certainly thought it could happen. Um that's all that's jumping out. There's some other scores. Uh, Mount Union defeated Capital, 81-72. Big win for the Mount Union women's basketball team there. Capital season <sighs> may come to an end. I think they're a bubble team as well. We'll see how that all plays out. Uh, going back to check emails. Um, yeah, nothing else. So we're going to probably wrap it up. Uh, reminder, Sunday show, 6 o'clock Eastern time. Oh, fundraiser. I knew I forgot something. So... We tweeted this out earlier. Special link if you are to contribute to the fundraiser. I want to really thank everybody who uh, contributed today. Today has been a really, uh, really good day. 
Uh, we eclipsed the $5,000 mark, but we're still trying to make our way to $7,500. Uh, so in the last couple of days, we've gone from about 39% um, funded to 68%. Really appreciate that. That's a, a, a wonderful jump in fundraising, to say the least. Interestingly enough, my data for the, uh, the fundraiser did not load here. I'll see if I can get it to reload how much. Yeah, it just doesn't like us. Um, but to say the least, uh, that, is, that is a tremendous um, uh, contributions. Uh, there's a lot of perks available. We have a special one that we sent a special link out on our social media. Um, I believe it's on Facebook, but I also know it's on Twitter and it's on um, um, Instagram. If you donate $75, you are already going to get your name on our on our contribution page. You're already going to get a public thank you, which we'll take care of on Sunday. You're going to get a Hoopsville gift. It could be a T-shirt. It could be a uh, long sleeve shirt. We're still working on that. also want to point out we're going to give you a special Division III NCAA gift bag. I want to thank those at the NCAA who happen to have sent these uh, to us in the offseason. This bag is big enough to fit an iPad or some type of tablet in. also comes with a bunch of good goodies in here. Uh, this here in particular is an, a nice little gift item. This is a small pad you can put on your desk or somebody else's desk. Put a picture in it as well. It's got Division Three uh, stuff on it as well, so you can kind of, you know, nice little, nice little pad. You you can got you can get one of those in this bag. Now we're not done. There's a lot of trinkets in here. To be honest with you, I can't remember what this one is. I think it's a highlighter, but it also could be some Post-it notes. I'm gonna have to tear it apart to look at it, and I don't feel like doing that, so I apologize on that one. Got a little uh, light you can actually attach to some things. It's got a little bit of a loop on it. So you got a little bit of an LED light that you can use. Won't turn that on and blind you. That wouldn't make any sense. Got a, a laser pointer if you'd like it, emblazoned with the NCAA uh, Division Three insignias. Got a nice pen with the Division Three uh, insignias as well uh, from the NCAA. Really nice pen. I've actually used them. They write really nicely. Um, I'm, I'm a I'm a fan of nice pens. This one's kind of cool. This pouch right here, it's got uh, all kinds of different cables so you can charge your mobile devices. It's got one USB on the other end, and it's got like I think three different devices on the other. So it's got an Apple device, it's got an Android device, uh, all kinds of different chargers on one cable. Really convenient. I've used that on several occasions. Hey, you want Division Three luggage tags? Got Division Three luggage tags in this gift bag. Uh, and then you've got a USB dongle. You can actually get four different ones into one dongle. Got Division Three on it as well. I think that's it. Uh, I thought there was something else in there. Some of these gift bags may have a couple other little trinkets in there. It all is going to be kind of random when we send them out. But I want to thank all of those at the NCAA who said we could use it for this fundraiser. Um, this is a chance. Again, we tweeted out the link earlier. We'll tweet it out again. Um, you can get a chance. If you take the $75 one, which already has... Um, and it's only via that special link. You'll get this added bonus gift. We only have four available. If we happen to run out, we'll try and dig up some more and do another one. But we only have four of these available. So first come, first serve on those. Um, and any bit helps. So take advantage of it. These are actually really... I use this bag all the time to protect my iPad. I have a case on it. And it's still a smart idea to put it in this bag. And I've used all the other devices in there as well. 
Um, really cool thing, and I want to thank again the, those at the NCA for helping us out. I want to thank you for helping us uh, with the fundraiser too. Um, again, we've raised a little over five thousand dollars. Our goal is seventy five hundred. Here's the key about the goal, by the way, folks. The goal indicates how much money we can keep. If if we don't hit our goal, we're going to have a fee of about ten percent. So we'll lose ten percent of our money. So we're of that five thousand dollars right now, we'll lose five hundred dollars of it. We'll only get to keep about forty five hundred. If we hit the seventy five hundred dollar goal, that fee drops to about four and a half, five percent. So we'll be able to keep more of our money. So instead of losing seven hundred and fifty dollars, we'll lose three hundred and seventy five. It's 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 um, business fees basically to help run the site. Um, so hitting the goal is important, but we can surpass the goal. The more we raise, the more we can do for Division Three basketball. The more we can upgrade these studios, the more we can upgrade our equipment. You know we've had some problems this year, and this is relatively good equipment, but parts of our equipment are breaking down because they've been around for seven years. We need to do some upgrades. So it's upgrading equipment. It's allowing us to hit the road and travel and cover expenses. Otherwise, we cannot go to games around the country. Plain and simple. It's coming out of my pocket. So this helps us do that, and it helps us do a lot of other things as well, um, including technically buying those T-shirts. Um, so please help us out. We've tweeted out a few links uh, before. I'm going to tweet out right now the special link that you can have. It's called the Alley-Oop um, or the And One, however you want to call it. Um, special Hoopsville Fundraising Project Perk. Special NCAA gift bag included along with Hoopsville gift. Donate here. Huh. Gonna have to take a, a little bit of the characters off. Hold on a second. That was a little too long. Um, still too long. We'll figure out. Um, oh, almost. I got it. We can fix it right. Oh, now the computer's slowing down. This is the, the enjoyment of live television without a producer, folks. Uh, hold on. So we're going to tweet this any moment. The second the computer allows me to tweet it. Take advantage of it, folks. Take advantage of it. There's only four of these available. If, uh, um, if we happen to run out, um, we'll try and find a couple more and send out another one. But there you go. Tweet sent. Take advantage of it. If you're watching the podcast or something like that, look around. It still may be available, and I highly encourage you to take advantage of it. Um, let's take care of business. Sunday, we'll be on the air at 6 o'clock. We will figure out who's in the men's and women's tournament, along with talking to um, the uh, some of the maybe bubble bursters or those on the bubble, uh, maybe some of the surprise AQs. Don't forget, so that's Sunday, 6 o'clock. Monday, 12.30 Eastern Time. Brackets are announced Go to for the men. Go to d3hoops.com. I will be the analyst for the NCAA show as I was last year. Really looking forward to doing that again. Uh, the men are at 1230. The women are at 230. We will then hit the air. We may have hit the air as early as 3 last year. I don't remember. There's a lot of work I got to do. It gets a little complicated. But 3, 330, we will hit the air with our breakdown, which will include chatting with the committee chairs along the way and getting answers to what their decisions have been. So that's the next few days. So, uh, tomorrow and Saturday, I'm taking in games just like the rest of you. Sunday, we prep for our Hoopsville show. Six o'clock, we'll be on the air for four or five hours answering your questions, telling you who we think's in and out of the tournament. Monday, 
12.30 Eastern Time. Men's, by the way, the Oscars are on Sunday. DVR the damn Oscars. Watch Hoopsville. Um, Monday, 12.30 Eastern Time. Men's bracket announcement. 2.30 Eastern Time. Women's bracket announcement. I'll be the analyst for both shows. Three-ish, maybe 3.30. Hoopsville hits the air. Bracket breakdown. We'll take a look at the brackets, any of the surprises, maybe get a couple guests of those who are in the tournament uh, who, or, or got a big seed. We will see. And then um, we will then uh, to also talk to the committee chairs about the decisions they made. That's all coming up on Monday. Did you get it all? If not, follow us on Twitter at D3Hoopsville and hashtag Hoopsville. Email us hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. Join us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. I cannot believe the score I just saw. <laughs> Women's basketball action. I got to double check this. I cannot. Am I seriously seeing that correctly? Yes. Wisconsin Oshkosh defeats Stevens Point in women's basketball 38 to 21. Oshkosh to beat, uh, uh, led after one quarter, 14-4. Stevens Point beat him the second quarter, 8-7. Third quarter was 6-4 Stevens Point before Oshkosh outscored him 13-3 in the fourth. Stevens Point didn't have double figures in, at any point in the quarter. And Oshkosh only did it twice, 14-13, and, and beat some 38-21. Oh, you should see these shooting numbers. Stevens Point, 9 for 49 from the floor at 18%. 0 for 11 beyond the arc. 3 for 4 from the free throw line. Oshkosh, 14 for 53 at 26%. 3 for 14 from beyond the arc at 21.4%. And 7-11 from the free throw line. They out-rebounded Stevens Point, 42-38. We had more rebounds than points. Ha! More rebounds than points! Hey... Mind-blowing. Clearly nobody in double figures. Leading score for Stevens Point. Excuse me, my contacts are bugging me here. It's getting hard to see. Six points was the leading score for Stevens Point. Leading score for Oshkosh, eight. 38-21, Oshkosh beat Stevens Point. What? Those are two good teams. Oh, my gosh. It's insane. It was 25-18 at the end of the third quarter. <laughs> Unbelievable. You see some strange things these days, everybody. With that, we're going to wrap up the show. I want to thank all of our guests from Ohio Northern. Unfortunately, they lost tonight, but Michelle Durant joining us on the show. From DeSales, Fred Richter on the women's basketball side. I want to appreciate him taking the time. Warren Caruso from Husson, men's basketball coach from Lancaster Bible. Uh, Coach uh, Fizzle joining us from North uh, North Central, uh, Todd Raritan. Um, of course, from the CAC semifinals, want to thank uh, the winner of that one between um, uh, Mary Washington and Salisbury with Salisbury coach Andy Sachs. Speaking of which, we should double check who they be playing. 436 left. Christopher Newport leads St. Mary's 50 to 44. Uh, and then, of course, Matt Snyder there at the end talking SOS numbers. We want to thank all the sports information directors as well, especially Tim Brennan at Salisbury, who cooked up the idea of getting the winner of their game on my show tonight. Really appreciate all of their efforts and Tim's as well. 
and everybody else. I want to thank you for tuning in. Again, we'll be back on the air Sunday, 6 o'clock Eastern time. If you missed any of the show, you can go back and watch it on YouTube. You can also listen to the podcast. We do uh, have a good recording today, we hope, and we'll turn that podcast around shortly. You've been listening to Hoops Hope, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC studios. Of course, a hotline that our guests are joined on is presented by the City of Salem, proud host of the 20th uh, consecutive Division Three Men's Basketball Championship weekend. They'll hand out their 19th Men's Championship coming up here in a few weeks in the Roanoke Valley. Make sure you get your tickets today. Uh, we will look forward to seeing you there on St. Patrick's Day weekend. Um, that's going to do it. We'll be back on the air again on Sunday, 6 o'clock. Thanks for tuning in. Really appreciate it. Looking forward to the craze.